Steve Allen. Morning. Welcome to uh, Thursday morning in London town. Actually, <clears throat> I didn't watch Big Brother last night, but luckily we got rid of Jasmine Leonard. You remember Jasmine Leonard? She was the one who's made a, a, a semi-sort of career out of, uh, of a relationship that she might or might not have had with Simon Cowell. Luckily, she's as uh, revolting as you always thought she was, and so you, the public, kicked her out. Apparently she's only 27. Uh, she's got various issues. One of the papers has done a... Not an expose on her today, because, uh, to be honest, I didn't really know who she was. I'd heard the name, but I just assumed she was one of those sort of desperately sad, lonely people who, who hung around celebrities, hoping a bit of the glitter on them would rub off on her, and, and to make herself out to be a little bit more interesting. Sadly, she was not interesting, and you voted her out of the Big Brother house as fast as possible. So, uh, back to obscurity, I'm afraid. This is the girl whose father... Used to have loads of money. Apparently they used to have servants. There was a lot of used-tos in her family. And they say now, is she the bitchiest woman in Britain? No, she's just the saddest, saddest person. And the reason she's sad is because she was kicked out. You, you quite clearly didn't like her either. She was manipulative. She also had an agenda when she went in. But luckily, you, the public, saw through it. I think you suddenly realise that these old, um, these old things out there, which are so desperate to try and find a career, don't actually manage it. Because she's just annoying. She has no particular talent that I discern throughout the little bits of the programme. She just was... She was just trying to be deliberately difficult with people. And if you're difficult with people, eventually the public go, no, we know what you are. We know what you... We know the sort of stories that you're going to be selling. So she isn't bitchy because she's not intelligent enough to be bitchy. She, uh, I mean, she had all sorts of things. She... Oh, God, she's tried every programme under the sun, and at the end of it, she just emerges as some sad, lonely old baggage who's hawking her poor carcass around here. Skinny, not at all attractive, mind you. I did watch, on the instructions of one of my bosses, the Kardashians, and I suddenly realised that whichever way you look at the Kardashians, they are trailer trash. They have no idea. They're quite clearly not middle-class America. They can't be, because they walked into a a log cabin the other night. They'd obviously booked something for some some skiing holiday or a snow kind of holiday. You've got the strange father who's got the badly dyed hair. You've got the mother who's just just probably on medication or something. And then the ugly children. And in the midst of it all, the foul-mouthed Kim Kardashian. Nothing attractive about her. Nothing interesting. In fact, the more I sat there, I kept thinking, is this the Kardashian programme everybody tells me about? You've got to watch the Kardashians. They spend all their time arguing. Well, that's not a middle-class thing to do. And unfortunately, um, it's, it's one of those programmes that has taken America by storm. And I'm not sure if the Americans watch it and think, I'm so glad we're not like that, or the Americans watch it and they think, God, that reminds us so much of our family. Because all we had yesterday was silly little Kim Kardashian, a midget of the worst order with the biggest arse you've ever seen. And she, her, her mother, for some reason, I can't quite work out whether they're just the stupidest family alive or whether they are, or whether they're... They're just... I don't know why. I couldn't quite work out what it was. Whether they deliberately play up to the cameras. That's what I'm trying to say. Because I'm thinking that when you have somebody like Jasmine Leonard... I mean, the woman has no talent. She has nothing at all. The only saving grace is that she might or might not have been out with Simon Cowell. And that's it. That is it. At 14, she was on the pill. I mean, you know... <laughs> I'm not saying that's, that dictates somebody's lifestyle. She, uh, she was hooked on drugs, including Valium and cocaine... She changed schools eight times. Many of my friends, she said, came from a wealthy background. Well, sadly, your father lost all of your money in gambling, so you've got nothing. And if you think you've reinvented yourself, you've done it really, really badly. Very, very badly. She had a feud, 
and uh, she also, she went to the same group therapies. She's always aligning herself with somebody more famous than she is, because she's at the bottom of the pile. She said, I've had a few dark two years, and I'm glad I got out of it. Like, nobody's interested. Nobody gives a stuff about you. You're little Miss Wannabe, and there's loads of you. We see them on the television every single day. I saw it with the whole Kardashian family. In fact, by the end of it, I was so angry watching the Kardashians that everything else paled into insignificance until we saw Prince Harry's little crown jewels. Now, of course, somebody said to me yesterday, will the papers print the picture? I said, well, to be honest with you, I'd be surprised if they don't. We've seen it before. We've seen it with Prince Andrew. We've seen Prince Charles standing naked by a window. And, uh, and so the, the son have had to recreate Prince Harry with his clothes off. Now, we all know what Harry is. He's a buffoon. Harry is the royal joker in the royal family. The only thing that he's done here is, as usual, he's got himself drunk and they've played strip snooker. Well, I've never heard it. I mean, you could play, I suppose, strip anything. But strip snooker, the only thing... I mean, and it makes no difference what game it is. At the end of the day, he's embarrassed his grandmother, the Queen. That's the only thing he's done. He's made himself look like a fool. Nobody cares. Nobody's really interested in poor Harry. William's the one who's the sensible boy. He's the one who's got married. Harry, we thought, was doing quite well. But as Dickie Arbiter said the other day, he needs to be looked after all the time because he, he goes off the rails. It's a bit like Princess Margaret. Princess Margaret was, was also the other one within the royal family. She was never going to be queen. She was never going to get anywhere, so she surrounded herself with a lot of, lot of show-busy people, people of dubious characters, and, uh, and proceeded to just drink herself into oblivion. She had parties, she went on mustique, she was surrounded by naked people. She was sort of the, the royal rebel. She went out with people who weren't in the royal family. She really bucked the trend. And so all Prince Harry's doing is doing exactly the same. I personally don't think there's anything the matter with him taking his clothes off. That's what he wants to do. It's the embarrassment for the Queen. And that's what it is. As head of the country, albeit just in name terms, he has done her a great disservice. What he's done is just stuck a knife between her shoulder blades and gone, sorry, Gran, I really couldn't give a stuff about you. That's all he's done. That's all he's done. I mean, the fact he takes his clothes off and he was, he was caught with this girl and they've had to recreate the papers because they don't want to embarrass the Queen and uh, because they've also got an agreement with Buckingham Palace that they won't print them. Everybody's seen them on the internet. You've only got to type in Prince Harry naked and there they are. You don't see anything. They're rather hazy pictures taken with probably a, a mobile phone and somebody's made a whole stack of money out of it. So Harry, as usual, needs to check who his friends are. He needs to check who's got camera phones. And if you get drunk in Las Vegas, silly little boy, you know, a man of your age should know a bit better. If you want to do it, I don't have a problem with you doing it. I don't want to pay for you to do it. OK, get my drift on that one. And as for the embarrassment for Grandmother, he's on the front page of every single paper today, including, including one of them. It's actually got a picture of somebody telling him, you know, you're now all over the papers. They've had to recreate the picture. I mean, he's just a silly, immature little boy. No matter what happens when they dress him up and they send him around the world, you know, as a representative of the Queen, he's just a silly little party boy who wants to go out there, presumably meet as many girls as he can because he's Prince Harry. And this one, it's backfired, but then when he dressed up as a Nazi, that backfired on him. He has had his fair share of bad publicity. All somebody needs to do is turn around to him, and you can't really ask his father because his father's behaved just as stupidly over the years, and say to him, why don't you just grow up? You know, at your age now, you shouldn't be doing things like that. One minute, he's standing there, you know, as an Olympic representative. The next minute, he's standing there with no clothes on in a Las Vegas hotel room. And you think to yourself, you silly little boy. Honestly, goodness sake. I mean, it's, you know, he, he's also, he's got a bodyguard with him. Fat lot of UC is when he's in the pool. 
What possible use is a bodyguard next to Prince Harry when they're both in the pool? Where does he keep the gun, for example? Answer is he doesn't. So now they've got this girl, and uh, they had a squeeze. Does anybody know who she is? Has she been vetted by the royal people? Quite clearly not. Quite clearly not. Again, Prince Harry bringing shame on his... Not on his family, but on his grandmother. And that's the person who tried to put so much faith in him. The person who said, listen, I can't make it going around the world, so you go to South Africa, you do these things. But remember, and he was good at it. He did his bit, he posed for the cameras, he's done his little... I think what he thinks is, if I do this, then I can go off and do that. I don't think it ever enters his tiny mind that he's brought shame on his grandmother. He's probably just thinking, oh, what the hell. They don't care. A lot of their, their friends behave like this. So it doesn't make any difference at all. The fact that, you know, he can manage to hide it under one hand, I think, is even funnier. Uh, the other story was yesterday, Tony Nicholson, who went to the death that he longed for. I like the uh, idea that his children tweeted that the last thing he said was, goodbye, world, the time has come, I had some fun. I find it a little bit disturbing that the son have printed a picture of his body being taken out with his wife watching from the door. I find that a little bit disturbing. You don't need to do that. That's somebody's, somebody's private moment, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, <clears throat> and the One Direction hunk, Zayn Malik, has now dumped his Twitter, f- Twitter followers because he was bombarded with abuse. I don't think these people realise it. You have to play it very carefully on, on any of these sites where people can, uh, can write in and sort of and abuse you. I mean, now, luckily, you go to the police and you just get them removed. It's, it's, it's a very simple matter to go to the police and they investigate. They don't like doing it. Actually, talking to the police. You remember yesterday, we had the car drive from hell, where we ended up at the London studios. Well, this morning was even more exciting. I didn't actually think we could top yesterday, but this morning was even more exciting. I'll tell you about it in a moment, because it, it, it makes yesterday look like a romp in the park. This morning was very exciting. Uh, other stories of the paper today. How do you prove something? If somebody goes to, to court now and, and they say, listen, I was at work the other day and somebody said this to me, how do you ever prove it? And the answer is people obviously like going, they want the attention, so they go to court and there is such a case in the paper today. I can't really go into it, but it's, it's one of those, oh, I don't know how you describe it really, it's like a sexual harassment sort of case, you know, where somebody says something and the other person says, well, that's absolute rubbish. And so it's up for the jury to decide when you go into court. And that's why being on jury is so exciting. Because you go, you go on jury service and you sit there and you listen to the evidence and you look at the body language and you look at the people. So by the time you've actually walked out to make your, your deliberation, you've got a rough idea whether the person is, is innocent or guilty. And that's what it will come down to in this particular case. I'm quite sure it will come down to people thinking, is this person a reliable witness? Is what they're saying the truth? Or are they just doing it to try and get some money? There's also a very sad story in the paper today. I have to do it later on for you. Well, in fact, there's there's a couple of sad stories. One is of a blind grandmother who was pelted with eggs in Manchester by some people in a car. They will find you. They they, They will find you. It doesn't take very long to find people nowadays. And then there's another story of some woman. She got hooked on those bent people who get you on the phone lines. You know, the psychics. Oh, hello, dear. Yes, I've got a message for you. And they keep you on there as long as possible. The longer you run... She was running about 300 quid a day on telephone psychics. And as you know, they're a load of old baloney. They're hooey. They just rip off merchants. They do it on the television, too. Well, if you're seriously that stupid that you have to go to somebody who tells you a load of old hogwash, I'll sit, I'll sit here and do it for you any morning. Just stick a fiver in an envelope, send it in to me at LBC, and I'll tell you anything you want to hear. Just give me a rough idea. Is it a bereavement? Love? Or is it uh, moving? 
or is it job or something? Just give me a rough idea and I'll make up some old baloney like these other people do. Only uh, the difference is I'll give it to you for free every morning. We'll give the money to charity. These people on the television and on the premium rate lines are ripping you off. They've got no more talent than Kelly Brook. LBC 97.3, London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, you have to laugh, don't you? Every time there's an interview with Kelly Brook, and uh, <clears throat> there is a clause in all her scripts, uh, I say in all her scripts, she doesn't get that many uh, scripts, and uh, she says, uh, I said to Keith, this is Keith Lemon, I think, that she's at Lee, Lee Francis, of course, I said, there's no scene in my underwear, it's what I'm most famous for. I know, it's, well, thank God they never asked you to talk, eh, Kelly? Because we all remember when you had to be dropped from the big breakfast because you were so... Let's just call it simple, OK? And, uh, and so here she is. There's a, there's a double-page spread on her in this lame film. To be honest, anything with, with, uh, with Lee Francis or Keith Lemon in, same person, I'm afraid, gets the zero rating for me. But uh, you stick her in there because she hasn't got any other work. It's either that or they photograph her in her underwear. It's great. But just don't ask her to open her mouth. Just don't ask her to open her mouth because she's not the brightest penny in the box. You know, she does her best. She does her best, but, you know, best that you just keep quiet. Don't try and give interviews. I remember when they had to... She was dropped from the big breakfast years and years ago. They put her on there, and, of course, she looked wonderful. First thing in the morning, it was great, it was nice, but unfortunately, she couldn't read. And so they had to change the auto cue and put in and change all, all the big words. Anything with more than four letters had to come down to two letters. It was the only way she could get herself through it. Uh, so, in the papers today, it's all Prince Harry. Prince Harry bringing shame on his grandmother. You know, as we said, and everybody agrees... He could do what he wants. I mean, I suppose the argument could be, oh, he was born into the royal family. Well, he's, he's been brought up. He's been brought up to know exactly the difference between right or wrong. And the one thing you don't do in this day of media coverage on anything, you can't move anywhere without people, without people sort of taking a picture of you. You know, he is a member of the royal family. People do see him as such. In America, this will be shameful. Absolutely shameful. I love the way that the Sun, though, have sort of respected Buckingham Palace's wishes and not printed the picture. I'm surprised they even give us stuff about it. We've still got the picture, say, of Prince Andrew. There's pictures of Prince Charles. There's pictures of Prince William showing his, uh, his little royal jewel. And, uh, and I should imagine there's loads of pictures of other members of the royal family. You know, they are just a normal family. They, they don't have blue blood, contrary to public opinion. They just have red blood, like the rest of us. It's just that Harry gets a bit drunk and wants to take his kit off, which is great. It's just a bit sad, really. One minute he's representing us for the Olympic Games, the next minute he's being a complete idiot. Uh, Richard says, I think Kelly Brook's very talented. Depends what sort of talent you mean. Yes, I mean, she's got great talent for walking around in her underwear. That's what she does. She is a sort of glamour model but without actually anything else going on. I don't think there's anything else going on in sort of Kelly Brook's life at all. 84850, uk. Uh, somebody else says, um, I wonder if HRH is the same as most British men. It must have been quite a, a talking point when he took his clothes off. Well, they all had their clothes off, didn't they? I think there were two of them. They've had, to, they've had to restage the picture, but go onto the internet, on Google. You can find it quite easily. You just type in. Very easily, uh, Prince Harry naked. And they're, the pe- they're very hazy. Considering it was taken on a mobile phone, they're very, very hazy. Very hazy. Not, not even good quality. It's a bit like the, the Loch Ness monster pictures, but without uh, without the excitement. But it's the, it's made the front of every single paper this morning. I can't quite work out why. And the Palace of Now, they have admitted it is him, which I thought was actually quite good. But now they've actually said that they've they've contacted the Press Complaints Commission about the images, which were published on a US celebrity website and then circulated online. 
The two pictures, uh, take it, it was taken on a mobile, sold for an estimated 10,000 quid. Now, I would have thought that was quite cheap. I would have thought £10,000 was actually incredibly cheap. He was uh, embracing a naked young woman who was clutching a pool, pool cue during this game of strip billiards. Uh, the hotel complex he's in would cost £5,000 a night. The interesting thing is the palace. What do you think their argument is on this one? The palace believe that the publications taken in this three-bedroom suite, which cost 5000 quid a night, would be a breach of privacy. So it's interesting, is it, that somebody out of this party in there obviously decided to take some pictures and, and then and decided to sell it. It didn't take them long to get them into the newspapers because the moment they actually ran online of Prince Harry, then they've... I love the picture on the front of... Uh, I think it's the Telegraph this morning, where they've actually got Prince Harry photographed in Los Angeles. And obviously somebody was saying to him, you know that these pictures are all over the media in the UK. And so Harry looks suitably admonished. I mean, apart from the fact that, considering he's a member of the royal family, he just dresses down all the time. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just here in a pair of shorts with a very casual crease shirt and a hat on. And it's, it's just silly. I mean, you, you can almost imagine grandmother phoning up and going, what have you done? What have you done? Why have you done it again? You'd never find Prince William doing that. Because he's being groomed to be, I suppose, king. Depends what you think Charles is going to be sort of doing king. Uh, Neil is uh, still over in Florida. Oh, there was a great programme yesterday on the telly. Oh, I'll tell you about my cab ride this morning. Very makes yesterday look like a, a picnic in the park, I'm afraid. And, um, yes, yeah, so there was a programme. It was a couple who wanted to buy a house in Florida, in Sarasota. And they wanted to buy a little place here. And so they went to Portsmouth. My God, it's good value, Portsmouth. 200,000 quid, or 195,000, gets you a brand new flat, two bedrooms, two bathrooms, kitchen. They were buying it for rental purposes, but they could then, you know, it would obviously have, uh, have good saleability. And they wanted another place, budget 600,000 pounds, in Sarasota. Well, anything by the water in Sarasota, you up the money. And Sarasota is beautiful. It really is wonderful. So I'm watching this this couple, and they show them around the places in Portsmouth. Then we go to Sarasota. And they've got... I can't remember the girl who does this place in the sun. There's a guy called Johnny who does it over here. And he sometimes goes abroad. But this this particular one, she's very good. I like her a lot. And so she shows them round this house. Well, this house... From the outside, they don't look all that in Sarasota. You do tend to buy... If you've bought on an estate, you've bought a house that's almost identical to the one next door to you. It's how they're actually done up inside. This one, they go inside and it's got the big double door. So you open up. It does look like the housewives of Orange County. It's very much like that. This has got four bedrooms, four bathrooms, a kitchen to die for, as with all American homes, two sitting rooms. They've got a formal sitting room, and then they've got what they call a, a family sitting room. And it's quite normal in both houses. This one had double garage. It had a pool, which was lovely. But the bathroom, you had to sit, They walked into the bathroom, and it was the size of an apartment. It was the size of... It was absolutely stunning, which had... It had his and hers dressing rooms in it. And this woman, could, she kept going... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it was on the market for something like £585,000. But what you get... I mean, you get a load over there. The difference is, when you buy an American property, it don't go up. It's not like... It's not like us over here, where you buy a property in the right area, and then in a couple of years' time, the chances are, if you've been lucky and you've bought properly, it's actually gone up. In Florida, nothing goes up. Nothing goes up. It stays the same for ages. This house originally went on the market for, I think, £750,000. And they couldn't sell it. And the bank, I think, repossessed it. So they were selling it for anything that they could. Anyway, Neil, over in Florida, he says, all we've done is walk on this vacation. So one thing I always say to people, when you go abroad, 
and you go and you go to say America, do take some sensible shoes. For God's sake, take sense. You'll have blisters within side of a week because you do a lot of walking. He says, I haven't walked this far for donkey's years. I feel like I'm on a Royal Marine route march. Anyway, he says, we've just returned from seeing the Epcot fireworks. Laser, water, flames. Fantastic. One of those moments that'll stay with you forever. He said, I'm off at seven in the morning for an early session of bass fishing. And at 2pm, it's Lorraine's highlight of the holiday afternoon tea. So there we are. And he says hello to all the Facebook people. That's, that's quite good news. And there he is in, uh, in Disney in Florida. It is, it is wonderful over there. There's no, there's no doubt about it. You go for the weather, but you don't have to do some blooming walking. Oh. When we go to Vegas, we always rent a car. And we've just rented a car. For the time we're there, it's about $200, I think, for the week. And that's an air-conditioned 4x4. It's cheap. And we, we do like it, because we, like we like to poodle about Vegas. I don't want to do too much walking, let me tell you. Definitely don't want to do that. Anyway... The story, yesterday, you remember, when we actually got in the the car, I say when we, when I got in the car, we, we sort of pootling. I always close my eyes because I like to sort of, this morning, I, I went to bed late last night, sadly, so I was, I, was, I was up a little bit later than usual, which was a shame because I was talking to somebody yesterday about the time I go to bed and they said, what time do you go to bed? And I said, about seven-ish. Yesterday, it was about nine. I don't know why, I was, I was fiddling about on the computer doing, doing usual rubbish kind of things. And... Um, and so I get in the car yesterday, and as we come in, we go right through Earl's Court. And I thought, this is a bit unusual. Haven't been along the embankment for ages, ever since I came in during the daytime, and the driver thought he knew a shortcut. Unfortunately, there is no shortcut in London. The only shortcut is from here to here, and you do it in the quickest or slowest possible way. You can't, you can't do it any other way. It's no good trying to think you can go round it. The amount of times I used to get in the car in Twickenham, we'd end up in Putney. And I used to think, this is just stupid. You're not impressing me. I've worked in London for 40-plus years. I'm certainly not going to be sort of finding out some new... I mean, I have to tell drivers in the morning that they can come into the square. They sit there go, are you sure? I'll go, yeah, 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 you could drive, you can, you can drive into the square. So they do. So anyway, so yesterday we go all the way along, and of course it then turns out, as we, as we turn left by the London Eye, that in fact I've got no intention of coming anywhere near the Capitol building in Leicester Square. Instead, I was going to the London Studios. And as he indicated left, that's when I sort of kind of opened my eyes properly and went, where do you think we're going? And it was at that moment, it's anyway, they, uh, they issued an apology yesterday. So this morning, you can imagine my thrill, can't you? When I came downstairs, and I've, I've got my little rubbish, and I put the rubbish in, only to see my taxi driver surrounded by police cars. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was like a scene out of Starsky and Hutch. There's about four police officers. My car is sort of, you know, up on the up on the curb, and I'm thinking, oh my Godfathers! Now what? Now what? What could possibly have gone wrong this morning? And so I'm standing there. So one one police officer says, "Is this your uh, is this your car?" I said, "Well, it might be." Well, as soon as I check the uh, the text message, yes, it's it's my car. So the driver's there. The next thing, they breathalyze him. I'm standing there on the pavement thinking, this is like a, it's like a dream, a surreal dream. I was thinking, what do I do? Do I drive in? Because I haven't got any prereqs today. I've got some prereqs tomorrow. So I could have, in fact, brought the car into town, parked it up by the, by the police station, because they were always quite good at looking after it, and then and do it that way. Because I wasn't sure if he was going to be arrested. <laughs> I had no idea. And he was breathalysed. It turned out he was fine. And I assumed what it was. Because I, we, we sort of stood there for, I don't know, five, six minutes or whatever. But I've never known so many police cars. We must have had one, two, three. I think what it was, one of them was either an off-duty policeman who had, who had sort of gone ahead and he'd, he'd either phoned them and they'd pulled this, this driver of mine over or, failing that, they'd seen him. But it was a plainclothes car and then there was a proper police car behind him. And they were breathalysing this poor bloke. And I think what it is, 
it's because they do long shifts. They do 12-hour shifts. And I think when you come to the end of a 12-hour shift, you're absolutely kerry-packered. You, you can't even function properly. And so I think what he did, because we did it on the way into town, we did wobble through a few lanes, unfortunately. We sort of did some instant lane changes, and a couple of times people hooted, so we sort of pulled ourselves back together again. I think he was really tired, had wobbled about a bit, and the police had gone, drink. And so they actually pulled him. They almost looked disappointed when it turned out to be negative. But we sort of pootled into town, and that was that. But when you come out in the morning, you've got blue flashing lights all over the place. And so I, th- I thought, God, God, it's a drug bust or something like that. I thought, perhaps I'm going to go through my rubbish. It's all very exciting. I like an exciting start to the day. And believe you me, that was the exciting start to the day. It's LBC 97.3, Thursday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And the time now, 4.30. Steve Allen. We found out who it is who actually offered the pictures of Prince Harry. It's a girl called Lauren Matirano, and uh, she's 26. She's snapped away uh, as he was taking his clothes off. I mean, quite clearly, he must have been three sheets to the wind, I suppose. And uh, she says here, she then texted and tweeted a British journalist saying, are you interested in the Prince Harry photo stroke story? She also tweeted a US magazine, have pictures and story of Prince Harry at Wet Republic on Saturday. Because I'm assuming if she carried on taking pictures, there must be loads of them. But it was Prince Charles who uh, who issued the uh, the warning saying, do not print, it's an invasion of his... Uh, Invasion of his privacy. But, the tr- of course, it's just made it worse. Because what they've done is they've printed pictures of him on the front of every single paper. And they're online. There's nothing they, they can obviously do about it. You know, if at 27 you can't keep somebody in check, there's no hope, is there? You can only assume that he's going to go downhill after this. You remember that he's had so many misdemeanours in his life. William, of course, nothing. But there again, William always looks as though he's the sensible one, doesn't he? Uh, Josephine says, I agree with you completely regarding Prince Harry. It's such a shame for the Queen, especially after the success of the Jubilee and the Olympics. He's let down the Queen. The person who's taken the pictures has betrayed his trust. Well, he doesn't know these people. If you, 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 you go to Vegas and, and he then meets these people. As, as the Metro have kindly pointed out this morning, party prints in Privacy Row as he's pictured with Kit Off. Next time you play strip billiards, sir, may we humbly suggest you start with more to lose than a pair of swimming shorts. It's, it's Harry being the usual. Harry's the idiot. Harry's the joker, as they call it, but not really. He's an idiot. He just doesn't know how to behave in polite society. I'm sure we've all done dreadful things, but then we're not members of the royal family. He's a member of the royal family. He's been brought up to know the difference between right and wrong. He's been brought up to know that you don't bring shame on the Queen because she's head of the family. And it's just an embarrassment. Just an embarrassment. She put her faith in him and he's kind of repaid it. In this way, so it's it's not it's not really worked. I'm afraid. Never mind. It doesn't matter. It'll all be forgotten until he does it the next time. And no doubt, there's more pictures. I should imagine to be seen on the. There's probably a video as well. Can't believe somebody didn't video it. Uh, weather for today, just in case you're worrying about it. Thursday, dry and bright, with spells of hazy sunshine and a gentle southwesterly breeze. It was another hot day yesterday. I sort of I went back because I, I got back in about one o'clock yesterday. And then sort of faffed around doing little bits and pieces. And then it, then it went overcast. So I thought, I better water the hanging baskets. So I didn't do those till late. And then when I went outside to go and pick up some water, staggered back from Marks and Spencer with bottles and bottles of water, because, as you know, we don't drink out of the taps. I'm sure it's lovely, but it's just not for me. And uh, so I staggered back there, and the heat hit me. I thought, good grief. Tonight, dry and clear for most of London. Oh, the high today, 22 degrees centigrade. That's about the same as yesterday. Uh, tomorrow, partly cloudy, small chance of rain. 21 degrees centigrade, that's all right. And Saturday, very good chance of rain, high 19 degrees. Sunday, cloudy in the morning, 
Brighter in the afternoon, high 19 centigrade. And Monday, cloudy with chance of rain, high 21 degrees centigrade. So, in other words, it's that usual mixture that we've got at the moment. It's neither summer nor winter, but there's going to be rain around the corner. More on uh, little Jasmine Leonard, who was uh, kicked out of the Celebrity Big Brother house. She immediately branded her eviction rival, Rianne Sugden. Remember Rianne Sugden? This is the one who did the sex tech. That's all she's famous for. She's not famous for anything. Her claim to fame is she was the one who was doing the sex techs, and she branded her a skank. Now, to be honest with you, I've got no idea what a skank is. I'm assuming it's something that's not very pleasant. But there again, Jasmine Leonard's not very pleasant either. They all call themselves models, have you noticed? If in doubt nowadays, what are you? A model. Oh, right. When was the last time you modelled? I'm a model. Oh, right. What's it say on your passport? Model. OK. Do you do modelling? Not really, no. Anyway, Jasmine Leonard, 190, um, lost out in the battle. And uh, she says, when she was interviewed by... Brian Dowling, one of the worst interviews in the entire world, who, of course, knows Vernon Kay very well. Brian Dowling and Vernon Kay are very close. I think he's known him for ages, so he must have had a great... Of course, did he ask anything interesting? No. Worst questioning in the world. She said, they're skanky girls. You know what I mean? They're skanks. And then she got booze mingled with jeering... uh, Sorry, mingled with cheering from the crowd. But there again, have you seen the crowd that go to these things? They're generally the remedial class, I'm afraid. They haven't got anything else to do, so they go and stand outside there and go, Boo! Hooray! Boo! Hooray! And that's all they do. She admitted she was happy to leave the house. Not as happy as we were to kick you out, Poppet. And uh, she had faced a public vote, and I think... Because I'd forgotten who else was in there. There's somebody called Prince Lorenzo Borghese, who's... Uh, he's so dull, it's, he doesn't even feature it, I'm afraid. And somebody called Danica. But, uh, anyway, Jasmine Leonard... Didn't work, did it? Not as bright as you thought you were, Poppet. In fact, not as intelligent as you thought you were. Perhaps you thought you had a game plan. They always say the same, don't they? They always say, oh, I, you know, I, I was ready to leave. You think, yeah, of course you were. You're just saying that because everybody hated you. It's not your thing. Uh, Steve, the driver could have, could have been in a scene from Starsky and Hutch this morning. That's another TV show Channel 5 could bring back. Oh, did you see the other day? When they brought back Dallas, and I thought, God, it ran its course years ago. It was very good. But now, I mean, they just look like they've been embalmed and they're on something to keep them upright. And so they've got all these people back in the country. The funny thing was, looking at the lineup of these so-called celebrities who pitched up to welcome them back to London, it's being shown on Channel 5, which means that 90% of you will never see it. You'll never watch it. It's a bit like Celebrity Big Brother. It's a bit like, it's a bit like many of these programmes. They get lost on Channel 5. They, they, just, they just disappear, I'm afraid. It doesn't matter, does it? Pe- people like that. Now, why did I keep this? Oh, good. Oh, I was delighted. I was delighted. I finally found some good news this morning. Finally found good news. You don't find it very often. And Sue Hansen. You know Sue Hansen? Come on, cast your mind back. Crossroads. She was Miss Diane. Miss Diane. And she was married to Carl Wayne who was in Blood Brothers. There's links all over the place, because this week's In Conversation, we're talking about Blood Brothers, which is coming to a close at the end of October. The last show is, I think, sold out. The last show. It's going to be very emotional for the cast. So we've got the two leads in for In Conversation this week. I think we'll also have John Hanna in this week as well. So there's, uh, there's quite a bit to play for. But anyway, Sue Hansen was Miss Diane in Crossroads, and uh, I interviewed her for In Conversation, when they brought out the box set of Crossroads. They bought out the box set of Crossroads. And I was lucky enough to get my hands on one of them. And she's not worked for ages. Carl Wayne always said to me about Sue, his wife, uh, that um, people knew her as Miss Diane, but she didn't really want to go back into it again. And I said she should. She should do. She was, she's, she's really lovely. I mean, she's a nice person. You know, yesterday we were talking about Michael J. Fox and saying he's a nice person. Sue Hansen's a nice 
person. And, you know, Carl died back in 2004. Doesn't seem possible. Seven years, seven, eight years ago now, he died of uh, cancer. And I'd only seen him. They lived down the road from me in Kingston. And I saw him having a cup of coffee. And I should have gone over and said something to him because he'd been on the programme loads of times. Anyway, she's going in to um, Coronation Street, which I'm thrilled, really thrilled. And believe it or not, Sue Hansen is 69. I'll tell you now, she don't look it. She don't look it. But she's still in touch with Paul Henry, who played uh, Betty Hawkins, the man who first dubbed her Miss Diane. She said it wasn't in the script. He just came out with the name and it stuck. She's also been in Holby City and she's going to shake things up in Corrie. Good. Good. I'm delighted. Very delighted. Do you know, she played Diane, Miss Diane, in Crossroads for 21 years. 20, it's like a life sentence, isn't it, nowadays? Life sentence. More on Prince Harry. And somebody says, uh, so what? Do we care? He's been caught out. He likes the publicity. Oh, he loves it. He's, he, he, he's very good at acting. Very good at acting. That's what I was watching. What was I watching the other day? And I remember thinking, are these people acting or are they... Perhaps it was the Kardashians. Perhaps it was the Kardashians. And I was watching them thinking, this is bad acting in front of the cameras. And also, you are one hell of an ugly family. I mean, you know, normally in a family you get one or two sort of misfits. Not this family. They're all ugly. There's nobody... It's all right, but, you know, by the time they've had all their makeup done and they're all a bit tarted up, then they look passable. But the rest of the time, whoo! Like Battersea Dogs Home down there. It really is terrible. Who's paying for Harry's protection, says Barbara? We are. We are. But, as I pointed out earlier, his, his detective was with him in the pool. So where does he keep the gun? Under the water? I don't know. And quite clearly, they haven't vetted the people that he hangs around with. Because I don't know if he knew this girl before, or whether she was just one of those, what they call, good-time girls in America that you can find hanging around any hotel. You can find them hanging around any hotel and they just pitch up and somebody goes, oh, do you want to be here? Do you want to do this? You know, they come to a party. It's Prince Harry. Yeah, come on, woo, Prince Harry. Prince Harry, right, definitely go there. Make sure the phone's all working. It's fully charged up. And then uh, then start taking the old pictures. And as the clothes came off, more and more pictures. I mean, he, he really must have been three sheets to the wind because you don't take your clothes off unless you've had a few drinks. I don't think so. Michael Watson is going to carry the Paralympic flame. The Mirror have revealed he was left paralysed following this super middleweight bout with, of course, Chris Eubank. I was with, with Chris Eubank when that... Uh, when that uh, well, for some reason, Chris Eubank used to feature on LBC an awful lot in the early days. I don't know why. I don't know why. He was actually quite, quite pleasant. His wife was lovely. Absolutely lovely. And then he sort of went, went a bit sort of strange, Chris Eubank. That's the only way I can describe it, as strange. Uh, odd choice for Talisa, but her idol is, uh, is a certain Miss Cole... No, not you, Cheryl, but Martina Cole. Could you never imagine Talisa reading, did you? And then, of course, we had uh, the other day... Oh, the other day, there was a... There was, they were doing one of these music channels, and they had Cheryl Cole's little single, Fight for This Life, where, at the end of it, the voiceover said, well, she didn't sweat during that one. I thought, no, because it was probably filmed over two weeks. She did just... It was all little one-second clips of her dancing, not very well, because you remember her appalling appearance on the television where she mimed badly, and when she did sing, she was flat as a pancake. So the idea that she's rehearsing for her live show at the moment, I find quite laughable. The idea that she's only had, I think, two hit singles, and she's going to make a concert out of this, who's going to pay to see her? And will she be singing live? The answer is, of course she won't be. She was puffed out after one record. The idea of doing an actual... Co- Madonna trains for ages, and she does part mime and part live. Cheryl Cole hasn't got the faintest idea. She's obviously going to have to surround herself with a lot of dancers to make her look quite good. 
And then, at the end of it, she's got to survive the critics, because I've, I've got a horrible feeling they're going to absolutely annihilate her. They're absolutely going to have a field day when she goes out and go, you know, what, what, so, you know, has, has she done anything? Answer, no. She's had loads of pictures taken, she's very pretty, but she's about as big as a Polly Pocket. Tiny little thing. We found another thieving postman, I'm afraid. I always grieve when I read stories about thieving postmen, because our postman's brilliant. I mean, he's absolutely brilliant. There's no two ways about it. But anyway, this one here couldn't be bothered. He's, he actually said he was, t- he was too lazy to deliver them. So he went to pick them up and, and then just left them in his shed. When they raided his shed, he had 75,000 letters in there. 75,000. But he was struggling with debts and stole gift cards, DVDs and cash. His name's John Hodson. He's only 33. Eventually caught after tracking devices. Because people then go, wait a minute, we haven't had any post on this round for ages. You tell us where it is. And they then go, well, I don't know where it is at the moment. So he, uh, he got nine months uh, in, in prison. It's not, not enough, is it, really? Hanging? What do you reckon? Hanging for that one? I think 75,000. Imagine all those people who got bills and they never got them through. And the people went, well, we're going to take, we're going to cut you off. And you start panicking about it, thinking, oh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, sentencing him, the judge, Peter Davis, says, if postmen are believed to steal... Then that trust goes. You acted like a magpie. Like a magpie. I love it when they describe them like that, don't they? Like a magpie you were. You just stole 75,000 letters and you nicked people's birthday cards and money. But they caught him and he's gone to prison, so he's really screwed that one up big time, hasn't he? It's LBC, quarter to five. London's biggest conversation. It's Steve Allen. I was checking my Twitter yesterday, and uh, I've now got a Ryanair airline pilot who looked very familiar. Grant is desperately trying to stay awake. He's on a night shift with G4S. What the hell is that? What's G4S? I've got no idea. Oh, security. Oh, God, security. He doesn't look old enough to be doing security. He'd look about five. Are you sure you're doing security? Or are you a lot taller than you look in your photograph? Interest. Oh, right. You're, oh, you're the one with the Olympic contract. Oh, dear God in heaven. There's no hope, is there, really? <laughs> anyway. Uh, I remember watching Sue Hansen, says Joe. Miss Diane in Crossroads. Didn't realise Carl had been gone so long. I'll have to start watching Corrie again. It's gone off somewhat with their sensationalism. I tell you, it was the, the, the thing that ruined coronations for me was this stupid man who's got the cafe and his, his sex-change wife, who isn't really a sex-change, they're just pretending she's a sex-change, and, uh, and silly Norris in the corner shop, who's very irritating at times, and that stupid woman who plays chess, who I believe might have gone. Apart from that, you, I, I can keep a few people, but it's just ridiculous. And as for Sunita having an affair, oh, goodness gracious me. I mean, it's good to... Sounds a bit strange, isn't it? But I, I was watching the other day and I thought, I don't really like this anymore. I don't like any of the soaps now. I've gone off them a bit. But I think I might have to start watching if Miss Diane's going back into it. So good luck. Who steals? Do you know, there's certain stories you read in the paper and you think, who would do that? Little, uh, little Rhys Jones, this was the murdered schoolboy. You know, the one who was caught in the crossfire that we mentioned the other day. His parents have said that stuff on his grave keeps being taken. People steal from his grave. So they, they've lost um, footballs, teddies and flowers. And, and his mum says, it's upsetting. Who would steal from a child's grave? Pond life. Pond life would steal from a child's grave. I mean, the sort of people, if you catch them... They did catch somebody once, didn't they? Do you remember there was a couple who were stealing flowers from a, a crematorium and then selling them again in their shop? They were going round to the cemetery, nicking flowers. I mean, what, what pond life are they? But anyway, even worse... A Twitter troll the other day posted a taunting message on Reese's anniversary saying, Good, I hope it hurt. I mean, it just... It, it turns out it's an 18-year-old from London who apologised on Twitter later. I hope the police come round and grab you. 
They are investigating, so I hope they drag you into court. I'll name and shame you, pal. I'll name and shame you. There'll be no getting away from it. We need to know people like you are. You're filth. Filth. Don't deserve to live. Don't even deserve to be in the country. I hope somebody kicks you out. Oh, disgraceful. It really is. Uh, what else do we have in the paper today? A teen burglar. Do you know, I'm looking at this picture of this teen, but yeah, and he looks about 12. His name is Luke Mansell. He's 18. And, uh... He walked free from court after boasting online he smoked a joint just before the sentence. He used a fence post to batter a man called Arthur Ball, who was trying to stop him fleeing with a neighbour's stolen laptop. His victim was left on crutches, unable to drive and housebound. And um, Arthur Ball is sort of recovering. Uh, he served in Korea. He said, I'm shocked that this Luke Mansell is able to walk around my town, Telford, like he's done nothing wrong. Well, I mean, you know, perhaps, perhaps you might have vigilantes out there very shortly. Perhaps we might have people who know Luke Mansell and might give him a taste of his own medicine. He's, uh, he admitted actual bodily harm and burglary and got a 16-week suspended sentence. I mean, how can that be possible that you can batter a 78-year-old man and you just get a suspended sentence? Can't we hang him? Can't we have a public execution? Can't we do something? I don't understand why. You get something like that and then the bloke who nicked, who was the benefit fraudster, most of which get off, but the one who was on the rogue traders... That thieving little toe rag. He got, uh, I think, so many months in, in prison. And yet somebody who batters a pensioner gets, gets nothing. And these people walk out of court. Well, if I had my way, I tell you, just get, I tell you what, just let me be a judge for a little while. We'd rewrite the history books, I think, between the, between the, uh, the lot of us. More on Prince Harry in every single paper. No matter how much Prince Charles tried to play this one down, it's in every paper. Uh, there's also Tesco, who are labelling food for levels of fat, sugar and salt in a surprising U-turn. They've always shunned the idea. Because when, when you buy something, you look at it, I don't want to know what, it's, what the fat content is. I'm not, I'm not remotely interested. That's the first thing I find the most depressing. You know, they go, it's fat content. You go, don't tell me that. I don't need to know it. I stood next to JK the other day, who's covering uh, Heart at the moment with, with Lucy. She's very pretty. Very much prettier than he is. And, um, and he's as thin as a rake. He's as thin as a rake, because he was listening to the programme yesterday when I said I'd seen the naked pictures of him. Honestly, it makes Prince Harry look almost unattractive. You've got JK with his clothes off in the back of a taxi, and then for some strange reason, another one. Why do people always put their hands in front of themselves? You know, unless you're really embarrassed by it. Unless you're... Anyway, so I don't know why I moved on to that one, because Tesco are doing this thing, and as I said, I don't want to know what the fat content is, or the sugar, or the salt. You know, we're all going to die at some point. And so now they're going to say low, medium and high uh, apparently a lot of other supermarkets use it. But who reads it? Who read? Does anybody read that? I don't read it. I did, first of all, when I was first diagnosed as diabetic, I did start checking the fat content. And I won't buy sausages now unless they've got 95% meat in. I don't want to pay for meal and crushed up bones and everything else. I'm not, not interested. Uh, Steve, what's the worst description anybody could unintentionally refer to themselves as? Answer, model, a model, model. Apparently Sam for ears... That's the uh, one with the father in prison, you remember, from The Only Way is Essex, the one who can barely string two words together. She's apparently furious, people say, that Lauren Goodyear, remember the fishwife from The Only Way is Essex, has got a spot on the Dancing on Ice programme. Hopefully a lot of people will look at it and go, who are you? And then they'll just vote her off. But I suppose we'll have to have the usual sycophantic judges. I only liked it when Jason was on there. At least he was honest. I loved it when he had a, when he had a go at Denise Welsh. <laughs> and the ex-husband came on there and he went, listen, go away, he said you've been smoking cigarettes. 
horrible. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. You've got to have that on television. There is no point in having people telling lies. There is no point in people modly, molly-coddling third-rate celebrities. You've got to tell them. Jasmine Lennus, Leonard, you're vile. OK, there you go. Uh, one here. Let's talk about Prince Harry. I'd like to thank you, says this one here. It could be... I don't know who it is, actually. I'll just tell you it's, it's a lady. And uh, that's all I'm going to tell you. And says, I have an earpiece in the office, and I laugh out loud some of your comments. My colleagues think I'm crazy. Anyway, Prince Harry, as much as I love his mischievous behaviour, I think he's pretty silly for putting himself in such a situation. Regardless of whether you're part of the royal family or a normal Joe Bloggs, there should be a point where we draw the line. I wouldn't trust my best friend taking any inappropriate pictures, not because she will deliberately publish them, but because you just don't know into whose hands they will fall into. Well, that's the, that's the problem of people who... Don't be listening, J.K., who have themselves photographed naked. You know, I asked somebody in the office the other day, I said, has your wife <laughs> photographed you naked? I don't know what would possessed me to ask, but I, f- I felt like I had to ask the question. Because you've all done it. Come on, admit it. Come on. Anybody have a Polaroid camera? Come on. You took a picture of yourself, didn't you? And then years later it serves you, you think, who the hell's that? Come on, everybody's done it. You know when you could buy the Polaroid camera? You didn't have to send the film away to bonus prints or true print or anybody like that. You just put the film in there and you, and you take pictures of yourself. You go, hmm, quite attractive. And then take a picture of yourself naked. No, just me again. OK, that's fine. I thought it might be. <laughs> I, bet, I thought everybody had done it, actually. Some people are good at taking their clothes off. I'm not, I'm not one of them, unless I really am quite drunk. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't happen that often. Uh, what else is in the papers this morning? Well, it's Prince Harry. Prince Harry, he loves a life of controversy. He loves the attention, because he's never going to get it. You know, if William ever becomes king, people are going to forget about Harry. Harry will just turn into the sad old drunk who might be married, but you, you couldn't really trust him. You couldn't really trust him at all, really. Uh, Tom Cruise's marriage to Katie Holmes was officially ended yesterday, 53 days after their shock separation. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. And Marco Pierre White's wife has been charged with vandalising her husband's car with a child's scooter. Apparently, they're, they're, she's still married to him, but they, they, they row constantly. I would row with somebody who uses a, a canor stock cube, I'm afraid, on the television. Nigella Lawson, she, she, she did quite a nice recipe the other day. I can't remember what it was, but it looked very, very appetising. Very, very appetising. Azil Nadir, for years I've called him Azil Nadir, and that's apparently it's Azil Nadir, and for, finally found uh, guilty, and uh, all this money... And everything else, so bang him up as quick as possible. That'll be quite good. And here's some people from the Paralympics. Only six days to go, and don't forget that this bus lane is in operation now. The special one comes in at five. Comes in at five this morning. Uh, a lot of people talking about, um, well, apart from Prince Harry, and apart from uh, people saying farewell to the voice of darts, Sid Waddell, Waddle, Waddell. Um, I never watched art, so it didn't, didn't make any difference. It was the one who went 180. Oh, apparently G4S are that idiot security firm employed by the Olympics, says Dan. Oh, were they the ones who keep losing? They, that's right, they were the ones who kept being done in the papers. Poor soul, honestly. Say hello to Jackie, who's on night shift, says Dan. I quite like it when people sort of Twitter and tweet back. I try and do it just to find out if anybody's actually awake at this time of the morning. God, you don't look old enough, do you, really? But anyway, that, that's poor, poor Grant this morning, who is... Um, who is off out, uh, and he's coming to the end of a shift, probably very tired. Oh, blimey, I've just lost it, actually. Probably very, very tired, I would think. Very, very tired. Uh, Other stories in the papers today. Stars and their stand-ins. It's people who have doubles, and they've got uh, Tom Cruise, 
And at one point, it's supposed to be Cameron Diaz on the back of the bike, and it turned out uh, turned out not to be. Actually, it was a it was a looky likey. Uh, there's also Daniel Craig has a looky likey. Uh, Gerard Butler. I spend a lot of time when I watch films. I do spend a lot of time trying to see if they do sort of shots of people, whether or not it is actually them. And sometimes you can see that it's not. I mean, you know for a fact that the picture on the front of the sun this morning of uh, Harry grabbing the crown jewels is not Prince Harry. Actually, because the more I looked, I kept thinking, that's not Prince Harry. And it turns out it's, it's somebody who's actually, you know, copied the, uh, the picture of Harry in the hotel bedroom, which they then got the injunction against. But the pictures are all over the internet, so they can't... So She only got £10,000. As I said earlier in the programme, I thought it would have been worth an awful lot more. 84850, steve at Joe says, lowest to the low who steal from graves or beat up old people. I don't know who would ever, I don't know who would ever uh, actually steal from a child's grave. I, 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 find it, I find it so horrendous, so horrendous that somebody would actually go into a cemetery and would steal a, a teddy bear or a football off a child's grave. Oh, dear. Awful. 84850, steve at We'll give you a rundown very shortly of uh, what Nick Ferrari is doing on his programme this morning. And uh, the man living... Do you remember the story we ran on LBC? God, it was ages ago now. And he was... He, he dresses up as an Apache Indian. And uh, he wanted to turn badger paws and eagle wings into headdresses. And so he got taken to court. And uh, they've now said that he, he's not going to be prosecuted. He can turn badger's feet... And eagle wings. His name is uh, Mangus Coloradus. He was due to stand trial today for keeping protective wild animal parts, but now they've dropped the case. He began living as an Apache 20 years ago. He said, I'm pleased, but it shouldn't have come. They don't understand my way of life. He, he'd been living in a teepee in Spain. Sorry. And he's now, he's now moved back to Swansea. Very idea of living in Swansea in a teepee is quite hilarious. He said, I'm not just some weekend Indian. He said, I do it all the time. Good for him. A man of his, uh, a man of his word. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. News at five is nice. On Steve Allen. I don't know why I said the news was going to be nice. I was just half reading something, and I was one of the words came out at the same time. They looked at me and they went, what do you mean the news is nice? I said, I hope the news is going to be nice. I said, me too as well. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Thursday morning in London town, you wake up to the fact that Prince Harry's embarrassed himself and the royal family yet again. Mainly his uh, grandmother. His father's had to take out an injunction. They've had to, well, they've had to sort of instruct the lawyers to say, listen, this is an invasion of his privacy. Well, then let him behave properly. Prince Charles should really be a better father and go round there and slap the back of his legs. Because quite clearly, he's a little bit out of control. It's nice that he does it, and I, I don't physically have a problem with Prince Harry going out and getting drunk. But don't try and sell him to me as, uh, as, a, as an upright member of the royal family. He's just a rather silly little show-off who enjoys the, uh, the publicity... And he enjoys the coverage, and his father's saying, oh, you just blow over, you don't have to worry about it at all. You know, because it's the sort of thing, let's face it, they've all done embarrassing things, except William, it appears. William appears to be the only one so far, unless I'll think of something in a moment, that he might have done that's embarrassed everybody. But I don't think he has. I think it's just Charles. And, uh, and poor old uh, William. I love the story of a, of a couple who got married. Theo Coyne and Lisa Potter-Dixon... I love double-barrelled names, because you know where they come from. And uh, they made a, a spoof video based on Craig David, uh, his hit Seven Days, inviting him to join their celebrations. Lo and behold, poor Craig David, who obviously hasn't got a gig around at the moment, decided to turn up. His management 
contacted the couple. They come from Teddington. Oh, good, one of our own. And uh, they said he would make every effort to attend. They've seen him in concert 25 times. And then, lo and behold, Craig David turned up, quite clearly not realising it was a wedding and not bothering to dress up for it. But uh, one guest said it was uh, amazing to see him. It was lovely and really down-to-earth, and he was happy to mingle. Well, he, I think he likes the attention, because it's the first time Craig David's actually been in the papers. <laughs> the only time he actually you know, featured the papers when it's on Bo Selector. And that's, I don't, that's that thing again, isn't it? I don't like that one at all. Other stories. This is the locked-in syndrome victim, Tony Nicholson. Uh, who died yesterday. I almost thought it was a blessed relief for him. I seriously thought it was a blessed relief that he'd he'd finally achieved the peace that he wanted to, because it must have been so frustrating. He'd stopped eating. He'd decided, uh, you know, that he, 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 wanted, he wanted to die. And it, it just must be such an awful decision. We're never going to know what it's like, because we're not in that position. And if it came to it, could you do it? Luckily, his, his wife Jane, his daughters Lauren and Beth and sister Ginny were with him. And then they updated the, uh, the Twitter account to say, you may already know my dad died peacefully this morning. He was 58. Before he died, he asked us to tweet, goodbye world, the time has come, I had some fun. And that's all you could do when you go through life. You can have a bit of fun. And in Prince Harry's case, you can have quite a lot of fun. And you can go out there and, and, and do things. So, in a way, I'm pleased that he's finally got the peace that he wanted. I feel terribly sorry for his family. Uh, but there it is. So he makes all the... Pay- Nick will be talking about that this morning and asking that, uh, that question, I suppose. Is, is there ever uh, a time that we should change the law surrounded, uh, surrounding assisted dying? I would like to think if I was in that situation and if I was that depressed with it and I really thought that there was no point in going on and my quality of life was going to be so awful that people would do, you know, do, do sort of the same for me. I'm sure, sure you'd all be volunteering that one. There's a chemical in green tea. There's a chere- chemical in green tea which could fight skin cancer. Well, you know, there's a cup left in it. I'm assuming it's Ollie Mans and it looks like green leaves in it. It looks disgusting. It absolutely looks vile. Every morning, he leaves this cup in here full of this vile stuff. And I sit there thinking, I don't know, I was told to drink, drink green tea. Um, it's, it's just... Ugh, yuck, 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 yuck. Oh, James Wales in the car this morning. He's probably pushing it, knowing him. And he says, if he hears anything bad about the royals, you'll have to deal with... Harry's a good friend and he's a good guy. Apparently he's going to... Intro- oh, bring him in here. Bring us in here. Bring, us, bring him in here. He can pop in here. We can, we can have a little chat with him. Perhaps he could stand here and take his clothes off for us. On second thoughts, James, perhaps you could stand here and take your clothes. Are there any nude pictures of James Wales, do you think? Oh, I bet there are. Oh, I bet that you watch that phone will ring in about five seconds. One, two... Three. He'll be dialing it now. For I've already picked. It, it, it's in delay, of course. It's, I've got to wait ten seconds, haven't I, before we actually get back to it? One, two, three, four, and then James Weller will be on the phone going. Of course, there are nude pictures of me <laughs> in the papers. I think that'd be quite funny. I think that'd be quite funny. I've often said that we actually that we actually should have um, had a nude LBC calendar. <laughs> Taking my lead from JK from the other day. I think it would be good. There you go. Told you there he is back again. Look at that. It's, it's always like, it's, it's just, it, you can't fail to get him. Uh, Matt says Prince Harry certainly is his own man, uh, but he should really moderate himself given his position. However, Steve, you should be writing him a thank you letter. Um, wait a minute, I'll go back onto that one in a minute. You should be writing him a thank you letter as you've filled up most of your show. I know. 
It's amazing, isn't it? I get paid for doing this. But it's a shame when, when something fills up, Matt, every single paper, and there are pages and pages and pages, we have to reflect it. So that's why I don't have to write thank you letters to anybody. Otherwise, I'd be writing thank you letters to the Only Ways Essex cast. I'd be writing thank you letters to you for... And also, you should be sending me money for reading out your terribly boring, tw- you know, terribly boring thing. But I, I do do it. Uh, there are pictures. How much are they worth to you? Give me 20 quid, James. 20 quid, OK? That's included. I want the negatives for that as well. I want full copyright on everything. I'm allowed to print them anywhere. <laughs> the funny thing is, there probably are. That's what's so amazing. That's what's so amazing. Oh, here's bad news. Here's bad... Oh, I must do this story about the, the woman who was hooked on the, uh, on the quack psychics. This is um, a lot of people who are going to retire but still owe money on the house. Most will retire with £52,000 left to pay. This is a survey by the Equity Release Council. The older people get, the higher the debt they expect to retire with. Some 17% of 45- to 54-year-olds believe they will owe more than forty-eight grand when they stop working. Stop work? What's this malarkey? Stop working. I've never heard of such a thing. Stop working? God, people want to work forever and a day now, don't they? Well, of course, I mean, the one thing that you will be discussing today if you're heading up to Sky... And I suddenly realised the other day when Jonathan Shallot, you know, Talisa's agent, because he listens all the time, I wondered, I suddenly realised why he was up early in the morning. He was off to do Sky as well, and that's where, that's where James is off to today. Uh, Kelly Brook insists she is fine with her boyfriend Tom Evans modelling underwear. Former rugby hump... Hunk Ben Cohen is joining in the fun as launches own undie range via a gay website. It's the closest they'll get they'll get to me in my pants, he jokes. And Tom Jones has signed for the voice, but he's now also being consulted on who should be his co-star. Uh, Tom Daly, you see, I mean, this is completely wrong from Neil Sean. Oh, Nellie Sean gets it wrong every day. Tom Daly showed off his girlfriend this week to the shock of fans. No, he's already said, I mean, you really must check your facts. If you're going to go to the internet and get silly stories off it, Nellie, you know, at least check that they're right. He said, she's not my girlfriend. I'm too young for a girlfriend. And, uh, and it's like the, uh, I wonder where you got the Ben Cohen story from. That would be interesting. Alanis Morissette. Alanis, she's back in the paper. They've done an interview in, in Metro with her today. And a teenager went to have some dental treatment and sadly got the wrong stuff and uh, couldn't eat after the uh, doctor, the dentist, failed to realise the extent of the infection and her face ballooned up. And so Kimberly had to have hospital treatment. Bit of a shame, isn't it, really? Nick Ferrari this morning after the news at 7. Paper review today's Tim Luckhurst head of the Centre for Journalism at the University of Kent and a former BBC executive. They were talking about Tony Nicholson and should we change the law surrounding assisted dying. Uh, Azel Nadir, guilty of ten theft charges. Sentence will come later on today, I'm assuming a heavy prison sentence. And life and business in Cyprus with our friend Nathan Morley. So he'll be talking about Azel Nadir as well. Uh, and plus, Ingrid Seward, editor of Majesty magazine, on the Naked Harry pictures. Should he be more careful? Listen, you, you quite clearly can't tell him anything, can you? Because whatever he's told, he just does completely the opposite. Don't go, don't go to Vegas, Harry. Don't take your clothes off. Don't play naked snooker or billiards, OK? It's not nice. It's not nice. Your mother would have hated it. She probably would have laughed, actually. Uh, we love you here in Wales. Please don't knock Wales, says David Thomas. 
And he said that it's the North Scotland and Northern Ireland to spread the abuse. No, 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 Wales is so much easier. We don't get any stories from, from Scotland, the North or Northern Ireland, I'm afraid. We actually have, we have, most of the benefit fraud comes from Wales. Most of the stories we seem to read, I mean, perhaps you have stories about benefit frauds just who come from London. But all the ones that we get are people from Wales. He says it is starting to improve work-wise. And uh, he said you're very privileged to live and work in London where jobs are plentiful. You're not joking, aren't you? You don't seriously think there are plentiful jobs in London? Good God, there's not. Good God, there's not. There's loads of unemployment down here. Loads of unemployment. Oh, God, blimey, I wish there were loads of plentiful jobs. Uh, I would love to see you in the Celebrity Big Brother house. So you could verbally destroy those people. Uh, William says, Harry's a normal down-to-earth guy. He's entitled to party. Listen, I mean, he's, I mean, put it this way, he's entitled to party. He's not entitled to embarrass the Queen. He's not entitled. I mean, he, he should actually... Uh, moderate himself a little bit. I think he should definitely moderate and, and try and try and grow up a little bit. And somebody said, never mind Prince Harry, what's Prince Edward getting up to? Well, he's actually with the Queen at the moment. He's behaving very well. In fact, he does behave very well, but you, but you don't see Harry doing that. She's tried with him to, you know, to try and say, look, come on, Harry, we all love you, you're marvellous, but stop behaving like the complete idiot. And also, does he do a day's work? Has he actually done a day's work? You know, he's only just done the Olympics. That was hardly work, was it? And now he's off on holiday with his uh, detective. They've actually said friends, but I think one of them is a detective. And then they've got the Olympic swimmer, and then there's people hanging around, all to hang around with Prince Harry. And then, of course, you get the ultimate, don't you? He actually, he actually takes all his clothes off. We get the pictures in the papers, but it's nothing new. Nothing new. Another tragic little girl, Lara Lewis, playing with seashells, swept to her death by a huge freak wave in Portugal. I'm looking at the beach at, uh, I think it's Nazare, and these waves are pretty big out there. You know, you shouldn't have a little girl. Her, her, her grandfather as well, I'm afraid, Brian, also drowned as he tried to save her while locals had to rescue her grandmother, Jill. The two bodies were pulled from the ocean, and it's all the papers today. We, we knew about it yesterday, but they hadn't named her, and so now she's been named. Such a, such a terrible waste, isn't it? And again, children playing on a beach with high waves is spelling disaster, as far as I'm concerned. It's not so much that they're, they're little children, it's the fact that the underpull of these currents is really, really bad. Quarter past five. <laughs> News headlines this morning with Dan Whitehead. More than 600,000 students will... Conversation with Steve Allen. Sharon says Harry's done no worse than his dad, his uncle Andrew, or great-aunt Margaret. But at 27 as a royal, he should know he has no private life apart from the confines of his own home alone. Exactly. It's as simple as that. What he does is he goes out and publicly he gets drunk. He's obviously a, he's obviously a party drunk. So he's obviously somebody who gets drunk, and then he just does what silly people do in that position. They take her clothes off, you know. And they've all done it. Prince Andrew's done it. Charles has done it. I should imagine Camilla's probably done it at some probably many, many times. And uh, everybody's done it. They've all done it. It's just that you get to a certain age, and you're supposed to kind of grow up. And Harry's had more than his fair share of, uh, of royal gaffes, I'm afraid. It's Ingrid Seward. <coughs> Excuse me, we'll be telling Nick Ferrari this morning. I felt ever so sorry. There's a woman in the paper today. She's a grandmother. And uh, she took out a 200-to-1 bet uh, on the fact that she thought her grandson would get a medal at the Olympics. And he did. Sam Oldham got his 2012 Olympic bronze medal. But they won't pay up. Why will they not pay up? I had to read this story quite carefully. So Linda stood to win £1,000. She put £5 on 
that he would actually win a medal. And he got a bronze in the gymnastics team final alongside uh, Lewis Smith, Christian Thomas, Max Whitlock and Daniel Purvis. It was Britain's first Olympic team gymnastics medal since a bronze. Do you know why they've not paid up at Bet Fred? Because he didn't win the medal. It was won by the team. Even though he got a medal, technically, he didn't. I mean, it's a, it's a technicality, this one. Because he did get a medal as part of the team. He's wearing it. He did get a medal. They all got individual medals. So why are they being all sniffy about a thousand quid? I love it when, you know, bookmakers, they'll do anything not to pay. He said, you know, he did get a medal in the Olympics. So it was a team event, but he did. He got a medal. He's wearing it. I'm looking at the picture of it. So now she and her sister, uh, Patricia, have complained to the Independent Betting Adjudication Service. You can go there and you can say, listen, I think this was wrong. We should have actually been paid out. And to be honest with you, they should... A spokesman for the Independent Betting Adjudication Service says, we are in discussions, we hope to come to a satisfactory conclusion for all concerned. I think so too. I'd love to know how much money Betfred made. I mean, it doesn't go down very well, does it, when you get sort of some mealy-mouthed person going, we're not paying out. And you go, why? They go, well, because he didn't win a medal. The team, his team won a medal. But but he's, I'm seeing him wearing it. He doesn't take it off his neck and then share it. They all get a medal. So, in fact, he has got a medal. Come on, bet Fred. Stop being so tight. Pay up. Uh, <coughs> love one here. Uh, Prince Harry, having a good time as he follows in the tradition of fun-loving relatives like J.H. Must be in the DNA. Thought as a soldier would be leaner, says Johnny. Yes, but he's not actually done anything to warrant being a soldier. He's, he's put on the uniform, but he's not actually seen any action. <laughs> he did in that hotel room. Oh, sorry. Try not to get too excited about the hotel room and the pictures. Um, and Joe says, I forgot James is on his way to Sky to do the paper review. He'll be supporting Harry then. Well, I'm assuming he'll be supporting Harry. I'm assuming... I mean, like me, he will probably say, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that he is prone for, for dropping both feet into it, I'm afraid. If you want to act cool today... Eat cucumber. Apparently cucumber... Oh, he's not back on the phone again. What is it? Is he reversing the charges? God, he's hopeless. Honestly. If you want to act cool, eat cucumber. I remember going years and years ago to Barbara Cartland's house, and she did give us cucumber sandwiches, and they did have the crust cut off, and they were particularly delicious. There's something about just cucumber. And when we went, Lou and I, we went to the Dorchester to have afternoon tea, and I, I said before, it was, it was really good. It wasn't cheap. It really wasn't cheap, but they just keep bringing the sandwiches, and it was like, you don't need to dress up for it. It's not, it's not posh or anything. It's just afternoon tea, and it's, it's just wonderful. It is just wonderful. I just absolutely love it. So, cucumber, but I can't remember... I can't remember whether or not we have cucumber sandwiches. I think there was egg mayonnaise, chicken, <coughs> smoked salmon... I can't, I can't remember, actually, whether or not we had cucumber, because I could... The more I think about it, the more I think I could actually have a cucumber sandwich. I wish somebody would make cucumber sandwiches and bring them in. I could eat a cucumber sandwich. Apparently, uh, Harry not being a good soldier, James Whale and Harry will have to take me on a boot camp fitness course. Bring it on. Bring it on. Absolutely. And then can we go out for a drink afterwards? That'll be nice. I wonder how much drink we can force down Harry <laughs> before he starts behaving badly and starts telling us all those inner secrets. You'd love to know what goes on. I mean, I can't imagine... You wouldn't have to force him to take a drink, would you, know? Uh, but I, mean, I just can't imagine what question you would ever ask Prince Harry about the royal family. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I would want to ask him about the royal family. Apart from... <laughs> can, can you marry the producer? 
But it's not going to happen. I mean, that is just... It's, it's, it's got to be something that you'd want to know. How, how drunk was Princess Margaret? <laughs> what was she like, really, behind closed doors? Was she a bit... Di- was, was, was Great Aunt Margaret a bit of a handful? And, uh, and what do you remember of your mum? Because, I mean, I shouldn't imagine he remembers that much. He was only very young, wasn't he, when, when she died? And uh, nine? Yeah. So, I mean, he might not remember that much. I was talking to my godson Nathan the other day, and um, I asked him about something that occurred when he was young, when he was about five or six, and he can't remember anything at all. He's <laughs> like me. Seems to obviously run in, you know, the, the sort of the semi-family, because I can't remember things either. Sometimes I remember things very well, and other times I, 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 I look at things and somebody says, oh, you did so I said, did I? Did I? You sure? It's like, at the moment, I'm very, I'm very lax at doing things. We're, we're booking this car for Vegas. But I, I prefer it if somebody else does all that booking. If anything needs doing, I ask somebody else to do it. Uh, Crass Vegas, Peter Sheridan, has done a big piece on Vegas. He says it has, uh, it's the, the city that never sleeps. And uh, it doesn't. But it's now become, it, far from being a place where the young royals can go and take their clothes off and play play strip billiards, uh, you can actually go there as a pensioner. And, in fact, a lot of pensioners retire to Las Vegas because it's so warm. The weather climates are good and they can get jobs in the casinos. So, in fact, if you want to work as a pensioner... I, I spoke to one man over there years ago and his son worked as a busboy. All he did, he stood outside the Hilton... And after the show finished, he stood there, went like that. A taxi pulls up. He opens the door of the taxi. The person gets in and they give him a dollar. And that's all he does. He can make six, seven hundred dollars a night just on doing that. Not everybody tips, but most people tip. They always put a note in somebody's hand and they go, thank you. So when the show comes out, they fight for it. You know, if you're a doorman on a London hotel, it's very, very lucrative. Remember I told you ages ago, the toilet attendant at Stringfellows, where Stringfellows was a, a nightclub before it became, you know, dancing and things like that. Um, the, the toilet attendant used to make about six, £700 a night. Because when people go to the toilet in a nightclub, uh, somebody lays out aftershaves and a towel. They give you a towel after you've washed your hands and you automatically put a pound in the tray. Well, you don't automatically. If there were only 20 pence pieces in the tray, you would put a 20 pence piece in there. But the toilet attendants at all these clubs are very clever. If anybody puts any, any, anything that isn't a pound coin in there, they take it out and substitute it for a pound coin. So you see pound coins, you think, oh, better put a pound in. So you put a pound in. And that's how it works. Clever, isn't it? All these people make money. I don't believe that OK Magazine have got uh, this woman here, the Princess of uh, Wales, marking the anniversary, Catherine on Diana, and why she really is the new people's princess. Uh, I don't believe that she's given an interview to OK Magazine. I don't think that would be sanctioned by the royal family at all. At all. I think what they've done is they've cobbled something together. Like they seem to do in OK Magazine with most of In an effort to obviously stay, save money, they haven't bothered doing anything. So they put a story in there and you think, no, this is cobbled together with stuff you've read elsewhere. Because I do not believe that William's wife would talk to OK Magazine. I'm sorry. With the best will in the world, it ain't going to happen. And I wonder if it's in the mail, the story about this poor woman who became addicted to the psychic chat lines... The psychic chat lines. This is where you phone up and somebody spins you a load of old hogwash and you go, oh, right, is that true? Yeah, that's really true. And they keep you on the line for as long as possible because the longer you're on the line, the more money the chat line makes. And she got herself into some terrible debt. I mean, terrible... Oh, there's only bits in the paper today. I'm not it is. Typical Thursday, isn't it? Wait a minute, do I want to buy a large safe or do I want to buy a light Piri camera? One of those... Uh, Infrared? No, I don't really. Do I want to buy a deck phone? No. Do I want to sit in front of a light? 
No, I don't. Nothing I want here, actually. Do I want to buy a pair of secateurs for 99p? No, I don't. Do I want a redwood fire pit? No, I don't. Thank you very much. There's a right load of old rubbish in the paper today. I do check my stars, though. I like to check the stars. And if if they're bad, I don't believe them. If, If they're good... It says here, buildings generally are stable and solid. They stay where they've been put and look much the same from one day to the next. Oh, Jonathan Kane has quite clearly come off the medication. I don't know what the hell he's on about there. Perhaps it's grand designs. No, it isn't in this paper. So in one of my papers this morning, there is a piece on this poor woman who's been spending a fortune. An absolute fortune. Can one £10 cream clean your whole house? This is what they're doing now. Lakeland... Claimed to have come up with a £9.99 chemical-free wonder cleaner, Biomex, which can tackle every job around the house. I mean, because I've got loads of... Uh, <coughs> it's my addiction, I'm afraid. I have an illness, and the illness is I buy cleaning products. I've got everything known to man. If there's something... If I go into Lakeland and there's something new, I'll buy it. I don't want to miss out in the bathroom. I've got tonnes of stuff. Absolutely tonnes of stuff in there for sort of spraying around the bath... <coughs> spraying the tiles, doing doing everything. I've got wet wipes for cleaning round, you know, basins and stuff like that. I'm, I tell you, I'm, when I get me my old marigolds on, I'm off and running. Nothing stops me in the... I love it. I love it. I'm, I, I go around the supermarkets and I, I do make a beeline for the cleaning thing. It's like, you know, I've, I've stopped buying Marks & Spencer's toilet paper because, to be honest with you, they actually cheapened it and it, it wasn't very good, so I've had to go back to Andrex, or Andrex, which I quite like, actually. The, the, the puppies still amuse me, and so I, I, I still do things like that. Uh, I love these adverts. You know when you see these full-page adverts in the magazines? There's one here. Did you serve in the Cold War? This was the period of confrontation from uh, 45 to 91, and, they, and you can buy a medal here. It's a lapel badge, and then you get a free Union Jack flag worth £5.50. I don't think it is. It's worth about a penny, really. And, and they've got all this stuff here, and you get your free engraving with your name on the side of it. Who sends off for this stuff? Are there people out there who send off for it? Perhaps I should send off. It says, are you... It, it says, your service details. I mean, you could, you could fiddle it, though, couldn't you? I mean, it's not difficult to write down your, your regiment and your branch service and your rank. You could sort of pretend you were your, your father or something like that. I like those sort of things. I like it when people, and especially now because we're getting all the Christmassy stuff out, and, uh, and people have started saying, you know, you can buy this and you can buy that, and this is really good. And I think, well, I better buy it. Better buy it. Don't want to miss out. Don't like to miss out on anything if it's got to do with with Christmas. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. Usain Bolt is in the paper today. He wants Rio Ferdinand to help him give reggae music a boost. I love reggae music. I love. I grew up on reggae grew up on reggae, because otherwise you were into that sort of other stuff, which was that thrash and heavy metal. Not my kind of thing at all. 84850, steve at Time now, 5.30. News headlines with, with Steve Allen. I mentioned earlier on about the lady who became addicted to the psychic call-in um, lines. And so she racked up a debt. In the course of a year, she racked up £20,000. She was addicted to these psychic phone lines. What happened was, a friend of hers died. And so she turned, as a lot of people do, to these premium rate services. £1.50 a minute. Well, work it out for yourself that you're looking at £7.50. You know, if, 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 if you're going to go on for five minutes, and five minutes is nothing, they would want to keep you on the phone for 20 minutes. So if you're looking at five minutes is £7.50, you're looking that every time she went on there, she was probably spending about £30. 
And you feel like saying, listen, these people are crooks. They're just keeping you on the line. Because if they had any genuine ability, they would give you this for free. They would give you this information, but they charge you for it. And they make you pay through the nose. I've seen them on the television. I've seen them on the television. And I've watched them say, phone me now, phone me. And you think, you're just crooks. You're just preying on people's weaknesses. It's horrible. And so this poor woman here, I mean, at the end of the year and a half... She owed £15,000. It's now £20,000. She went bankrupt. And she says, I lived my life by what they told me. And without it, I felt lost. And of course, once they'd actually got her, they squeezed tightly. It's a bit, it's a bit like a bit of pyramid selling. Once they found somebody gullible enough, somebody who they think is going to... Call me tomorrow. Listen, call me tomorrow. <coughs> Unfortunately, if it's a telephone, you don't see the money racking up. If you had a little counter next to your telephone... And, and you could see the pounds going on it, you would probably go, wait a minute, it's cost me nine quid to talk to you. I'm putting the phone down. Bye. Put the phone down. But, of course, the operator would say, well, listen, you, you call me tomorrow and I'll, I can take you through this. And so she became dependent on it. And so she was on it every day. She said, when I, I, tr- I tried various ones, she said, and they seemed to offer everything I needed. Just a quick phone call and I might be able to hear something from my friend or find out if I'd feel better in the future. And so it just gave her this comfort. Now, I've, I've spoken to people before about this. A lot of these things are very addictive. People know that they're being hoodwinked, but apparently they don't seem to mind about it. If you'd said to her at the time, you know, you're, you're really spending too much money, and looking at her, you know, she needed, she needed somebody to tell her, do not waste your money on these things. I mean, it, they are traps for the vulnerable they exploit vulnerable people. They're looking for you at your lowest ebb. Somebody's got cancer. Somebody's dying. Your relationship has split up. Your, your marriage has gone west. Your family's moving abroad. You don't know what to do. You can't find a relationship. There's always something. I've often said that over the years, we've, we've actually had, on LBC, we used to have psychics on. And, but they were sold as an entertainment. They were never allowed to say that they had powers, they had gifts of being able to see into the future, because people can't. Because it's that old argument, isn't it? Can you really see in the future? Yes. Well, why can't you predict the lottery numbers? That's what people come up with every time. Why cannot you give me the winning lottery? Give me, I tell you what, prove how good you are. Give me one number. There you go, you've got a six-to-one shot. They won't better do it. Mystic Meg was the biggest fraud going. I used to go to the BBC and watch her as she wandered down the corridors. I mean, she was, she was a crackpot, if ever there was one. She had a little acrylic wig that she'd put on, and, and behind a green door, there is the number 27. She was a bit like Daphne, actually, on Eggheads of Reflection. <laughs> not, not at all unsimilar, both balmy mad, but both quite entertaining to watch. And people buy into it. As somebody said, when they were asked by a journalist after they'd won the lottery, so what's your secret? He said, no secret, I just had the winning numbers. <laughs> Which seems fair enough. But they don't come up with anything. They don't come up with anything tangible. Nothing you can put your hand on. <coughs> it's, it's like, I tell you, well, tell you what, you tell me what you think's going to happen today. You have a look at your crystal ball. What's going to happen today? No, most of it is what they call cold reading. And that's what they give to this poor woman here. If she phones up and she says, oh, my... And you can tell by somebody's voice, can't you? If, if they're feeling in a depressed state or if it's, uh, or if it's a bereavement. You know, if, if somebody's worried about their health then that's a different matter. But you only ever, we used to say, people only ever phone up psychics if it's to do with job, relationship, work, money, health. There are, there are five key things that they will pick on. So if it's an elderly person who phones up, you can go, you've not been well, have you? <coughs> and if they say, well, I'm OK, they go, you've had a little bit of trouble, haven't you, with, 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 your, with your legs? 
Well, I should imagine 95% of elderly people have trouble with their legs. So you could do the cold calling. But when it's somebody young, they're very vulnerable. And what happens is, the, I mean, the, the ones that they offer at the Sun newspaper, they're very keen to point this out, actually, are monitored for callers developing dependency. In such cases, psychic readers are instructed to refuse or terminate calls. But, of course, the chance to have someone listen and offer the hope of a positive outcome is alluring. I mean, that's why Samaritans do so well. Because they're people who listen. They're trained to listen. These psychics will listen. Somebody will happily babble away and give them all the answers that they need. The psychic then just turns it around. Uh, They say here, by all means consult a psychic for a different view, but in an emotional crisis, first get informed support with the issues facing you. But of course people don't know where to go. They say reputable psychics, like our own Mystic Meg, she she was a journalist on a paper. She has no qualifications at all, at all, will never give damaging readings. Well, of course she can't. She was just plucked, wasn't she, from obscurity. We need somebody. And so they came up with Mystic Meg. I think she was just, she was a typist in the office. And so they they created Mystic Meg. And so she's in the paper, but of course the son goes, oh, she's all right. And you think, well, she's not. (laughs) It's just, and so she has live psychics, live mediums, live tarot, texting, and all the time here... You know, it's £1.50. Uh, for each message question, £3. It's big business. So the sun one minute can show you this poor woman who racked up £20,000 debt, and on the next page, well, you must call our Mystic Meg. She's OK. I wouldn't trust her as far as I could... Th- I mean, she must be about 95 by now. She was fairly ancient when they used her on the lottery. It was her little acrylic wig that sat there. But she had no... That's why you don't see her pitching up on television programmes. Otherwise, if she was any good, you'd see her going out there doing, playing halls that you don't see that, do you? Why? Because it's made up. It's made up. You know, you'll, you'll go and see Sally Morgan because she's apparently got this kind of reputation for contacting the other side. That is likelihood of me crossing the road, I suppose, and not getting run over. 84850 uk. Especially if you've got in, you know, especially if you've been down that route. And, uh... And you've sorry, I just read a very funny text, which is totally unrepeatable on the programme because it's going to offend somebody this morning, which I like. Surely the Prince Harry pictures weren't a sting and set up, as the girl had a journalist number. Well, no, she didn't. She tweeted a journalist, but I mean that that would not be difficult to find, Mark. That would be very, 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 very easy. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas unless you're famous. Well, he is famous. That's the trouble. He's famous, and that's why he has a worth. But she, I mean, she got ten grand. So if you're going to a party, she got ten grand. If she, if she played it cleverly. She probably could have made more. I just thought it was quite interesting that the palace reacted very quickly and Prince Charles got the injunction to stop them printing, so they've had to... But, but they've still run with it. And they've told you everything about the story, so it's, it's, it's defeated the object, as far as I'm concerned. But you're right, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That'll be for all the... Do people still go over there for hen nights and stag do's? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, <coughs> one here says, I think Harry was 12, William 14 when they lost uh, Diana. Uh, E-cover or method, a very good non-toxic cleaning products, which is good. Uh, David in Chelmsford says people don't indicate on roundabouts. They don't now. Nobody indicates... Sometimes we had a car just in front of us this morning which just pulled straight off the road and pulled straight left. No, No indication at all, I'm afraid. No indication whatsoever. But, I mean, people just don't... Um, don't mention it. Uh, Mike wants to know... Should Harry now be known as his royal prominence? 
<laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Especially looking at the uh, at the pictures, <coughs> which is very funny, actually, very funny. But he he he'll probably get a rap on the knuckles. No, he won't. Polly says, "Why is Daphne balmy or mad? Where does the word balmy come from? I don't know. Balmy is funny, mad. Balmy is sort of slightly peculiar. You know, you're absolutely a." Mad as a barrel load of frogs. It's one of those ones. So that's why... So Daphne is balmy. Because she comes over. Another word could be eccentric. You can use lots of different words, Polly. Lots of different words. It's just that balmy sounds funny. Balmy sounds very funny about somebody. And it seems to be the one, the one word that people use when they describe somebody who's a little bit off the wall. Nick Ferrari this morning. Talking to Michael Irwin, the former chairman of Dignity in Dying... He's a retired GP. This is after Tony Nicholson died. And Nick will be asking the question, should we change the law surrounding assisted dying? Uh, Azel Nadir, guilty of 10 theft charges involving millions of pounds now. We'll be getting the sentencing a little bit later on today. (coughs) Excuse me. And Nathan Morley will be looking at life and business in Cyprus. Isn't it funny? I haven't drunk anything at all this morning. I'm just about to have some hot water and then I might look at something else. Plus, it's the GCSE results. And as we said last week on the programme, do they actually make any difference at all to you? There was one man who got loads of things in America and then he got all these, um, you know, GCSEs or their, their equivalent over there. Couldn't find a job for love nor money. Ended up working in McDonald's, getting very depressed about it. And as I pointed out in the media, nobody ever asks you what qualifications you've got. In fact, they, they did a very interesting thing. Look, it's some very, very prominent people in the media who have no qualifications whatsoever because it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. Sharon says, I'm 53 and have trouble with my legs. Does that mean I'm elderly and in need of a psychic? Well, at £1.50 a minute, you could phone Mystic Meg and she'll come up with some old baloney that will sort of apparently fob you off. I remember talking to a friend of mine. His, uh, his wife was diagnosed with cancer and he went to everybody. He went to absolutely everybody because they were all offering all sorts of, uh, all sorts of things. Say, oh, I can cure this. I see adverts in the papers, people promising all sorts of things. There's, there's, there's one, I wonder if they're in the papers this morning. I love these ones that appear in the Metro. And I, I, I always go through them. When I'm, when I'm sitting on the train, I go through the adverts and I think, well, that, that just sounds a little bit misleading. There's one here. <coughs> I won't tell you his, his, his name or anything else, but this one here. Spiritual healer, clairvoyant and advisor, specialist in love, relationships, domestic and family problems, luck, business, exams, immigration and many more. The clue, I suppose, was immigration at the very end. And then there's another one. Uh, this person has a very good... Uh, there's one here. I can advise you on uh, empowering your life in matters of love, finance, career. There's another one that will offer all sorts of uh, things... This is somebody who says, I can make you be happy again. And they say, if, if, if you don't get the results you want, you don't have to pay. Which seems absolutely fantastic. It's like a money-back guarantee. I don't believe any of them, of course. I, I just think they're there to part you from your money. So just be warned. Just be aware of them. But very difficult when you're in that vulnerable position. Quarter to six. News headlines this morning with Dan Whitehead. Around 600,000 students are finding... Eve Allen. Morning, early breakfast. JK was in the back of a cab <coughs> a short while ago. Coming into it, they treat them very well, you know. They sort of bring them in these stars. But the first time he's actually been fully clothed in the back of a cab for ages, I should imagine. Because I, I went up to see them after I finished my pro- program yesterday, and they have meetings after their show to discuss what they're going to do, and then do bits and pieces for today. So they'll be on air very shortly. And uh, just as I'm finishing, 
they, 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 they're, they're kind of starting. I thought he was going to pop in, actually. He said, I'll, I'll pop in one day and sort of wave through the glass. We used to get that all the time. We used to get Dave Berry pop in. We used to see Dave Berry all the time. Now he's on Capital. We, we don't... I only see him if I go up the back staircase, which I might. On Roundabout, says Noreen, <clears throat> drive me mad. People not indicating. Daphne, why does she know all the answers? <laughs> Your cough sounds worse today. Do you know, it wasn't. I, I deliberate. I did something different today. Yesterday, I had some Manuka honey in the water, and I started coughing. So today, I've not done it. And, I, and, it, and the cough came back again. <laughs> uh, Angela says, why all the focus on Harry? Because he's on every single newspaper. Every single newspaper. There is at least three pages in every single paper on him. Nick Ferrari will be talking about it later on. And in fact, Ingrid Seward will be saying exactly what I've been saying, which is, he's got to be more careful. He's a member of the royal family. I'm not saying we have to look up to them. You just expect a little bit more. A little bit more. Jenny says, do you think there's a link between your permanent cough and all the chemical cleaners you use? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, of course, we, you've noticed we've actually stopped running these uh, adverts saying if you've been coughing for more than two weeks, uh, it could be cancer. I sat down in front of the television last night and had a complete coughing fit. Made myself quite depressed. Joanna says, don't worry about whether you should drink green tea or not. It's not good for you when you've got a thyroid condition. <clears throat> good, 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 good. And then Mary in South Norwood, you use the expression busboy. And uh, I don't know why I used it, to be honest. Years ago, I was intrigued by notices in a Canadian university canteen, please bus your tray. That led me to the library to investigate, to bus or clear away. Seemed to come from the activities of busboys. First term, first used that term in the early 20th century for men who worked in restaurants being what we would call a potman. You see, I thought a potman was somebody who worked in a pub. The potman. That's what I thought. The, dic- the dictionary couldn't tell me where the term came from, but it might be something to do with the Latin omnibus, everything or everyone. Buses carry everyone, busboys do everything. I always called them busboys. Uh, the potman, I thought, worked in a pub in the cellar, but the busboys, I thought, stood outside hotels. And I seem to, I've got an image in my mind of a, of a lad with a little pillbox hat on, a busboy. Does that, does that ring any bells? A busboy with a little pill... I can't remember why or, or what they did. I thought they were almost like, can you take this, this letter or do this in an office? Years ago in London, they used to have the telegraph boys. And so you would go to the post office, they would write out the thing, and the telegraph boys would run them round or cycle round to wherever it needed to be delivered to within the capital. And busboys, I thought were like little page boys. I've, I've just got an image of this, of this lad with a pillbox hat and a pair of gloves in an epaulette on his shoulder. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Is that what a busboy would... Or is that a page boy? I don't quite know the answer now. I'm not too sure whether or not <clears throat> a page boy is the same as a busboy. I don't know. And it's only Thursday. Alex says, stuck on the district line between Hornchurch and Elm Park. <clears throat> a train moving so slowly could walk faster. If only I wasn't trapped. I'll get them to have a look at that on the... On the travel desk for you today, 84850, uk. Lily Allen has appeared on stage for the first time since coming out of retirement. I find it difficult to believe that she's actually coming out of retirement. <clears throat> she joined Pink in LA to perform their collaboration on uh, Blow Me One Last Kiss. She's going to use her married name with new material, which is Cooper. So she's going to be Lily Cooper. It's a bit of a shame, I'm a bit depressed by that. And uh, she's back in the studio working on, on new material. Uh, to Lisa, talking about the abuse that Cher Lloyd received at the V Festival, she said it was adult bullying. Well, because somebody allegedly threw a bottle uh, with urine in it. 
I can't imagine who would ever do that to anybody. But having told you earlier on this morning that people uh, pinch from children's graves, I see uh, I see no reason to be surprised by the fact that somebody pelted Cher Lloyd with a bottle full of urine. I think they made it sound like, you know, there were loads of people doing it, but I don't think there were. It's presumably... I don't know why somebody would do that. That would be quite easy to find somebody. Quite easy. Just study the... Uh, the sort of the uh, the photos. It must be uh, CCTV'd, and then you you have that person arrested. That's a you know you can't just go around doing things like that. It's just not right, is it? Definitely not right. <clears throat> There's a woman who flew Ryanair, and her name is Susie McLeod, and she was she was accusing, and Ryanair have been accused by loads of other people as well, of uh, spoiling passengers' holidays by hitting them with sneaky. And often huge charges at the airport. How many times have you got there and they've gone, oh, no, 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 you're overweight with that case. And because you're on holiday, you've ended up paying it. You've gone, oh, it doesn't matter. It's like going to a restaurant. You go abroad and they give you the bill and you go, that is just ridiculous. But you pay it because you're on holiday. Anyway, uh, mother of two, Susie, had to pay 236 pounds just to print out boarding passes for her family so they could return back home. Uh, anyway, this 35-year-old was backed up by 350,000 people on Facebook after complaining of her unfair treatment. An army officer who served in Iraq and <coughs> excuse me, in Afghanistan told how he ended up leaving behind 44 quid's worth of gifts for his three children after being told it would cost £50 for a second item of hand luggage. So this is how these these airlines... And Ryanair have been at the forefront of upsetting people for donkeys. The, the man who runs it really couldn't give a stuff. He's not bothered about you. If he had, if had his way, he'd make you all stand. Anyway, this man said that he, he was unhappy. This is the army officer. Mrs McLeod, who comes from Newbury in Berkshire, fell foul of their rule, this is Ryanair's rule, that travellers print their own boarding passes up to two weeks before flying. Because the family was in Spain over 15 days from August the 1st, she was unable to do it. However, she did have the passes on her phone as PDF documents. Now, I saw something the other day, and it was booking, and I can't remember what it was booking for, but it said, do not put it on your phone, this may not be accepted. Oh, that's right, it was theatre tickets. Do not put it on your phone, because when you get to the box office, they may, this may not be accepted. So, obviously, more and more people are doing things like that. At Alicante Airport, this poor boy goes on this saga. She was charged €60 Euros each, a total of €300, Euros, to print out five passes for herself, her parents and children, Harrison, 10, and Mary, 3. The soldier, who had to abandon the presents he bought at Hamley's, in the Stansted departure area, said, what annoyed me was that they were letting people board with far bigger hand baggage than mine. Does it really cost 50 quid to carry a, fifth, uh, to carry a plastic bag filled with toys? It's very sneaky. Ryanair, who adopt a very, very strict baggage policy, say all the charges are, de- sorry, all the charges are detailed in terms and conditions when you book. Upset somebody this morning. I quite like that idea of upsetting people. Let's face it, if you can't upset people at five minutes to six, what's the point of doing it? Um, <clears throat> forget bingo wings. It's love handles girls hate the most. Love handles, that's on the side of your body. Wonky nose, you can come to terms with it. Terrible teeth, tolerable. Big bottoms, bearable. But love handles are a different story entirely. Hard to shift fat on the hips is the biggest body hang-up among women, according to a study. And many are so self-conscious about their love handles that they are prepared to resort to cosmetic surgery to get rid of them. Don't. Don't. Oh, I so worry about all these people having, having cosmetic surgery and having this altered and that altered. Listen, you were made the shape you were for a reason. If you're unattractive, 
You have to live with it. There are people listening to this programme at the moment who are very, very unattractive. I don't need to say who you are. You know who you are. You've looked in the mirror. You know you're unattractive. It's never going to change. There's no point in sort of adding bits to yourself or having a tummy staple. Just learn with being ugly. You know, it's the kind of thing you have to learn to live with. It doesn't make any difference to the rest of us. You know, there are some of us who are beautiful, and there are some of you ugly people who are beautiful inside, but it doesn't matter. But the moment you start altering yourself, you've seen the poor bride of Wildenstein. You've seen these poor American actresses. When you look at them, you think you are unrecognisable. Look at poor Barry Manilow when he came over last time. Unrecognisable as Barry Manilow. And I thought... Don't have it done, but they they refuse to grow old. People grow old, but they don't want to look old. You want to look young. But I think that people who have cosmetic surgery and alter their faces are just as bad as people who want to wear toupees. Unless there's a reason for wearing a toupee. You know, you've got alopecia or you've you've got cancer and you're having uh, radiation therapy and your hair's fallen out. Well, then that's different. But if it's just for pure vanity reasons... It's like it's Jordan's makeup artist, you know, the one who doesn't appear to feature on the programme at all now. I don't know why. They've either had a falling out or perhaps shit because they're, they're not even mentioned. felt quite sorry for him. I almost sort of missed him in a strange, sadistic kind of way. I mean, he wore glasses and she exposed him on the television. She said that, that they aren't real glasses. She said they're just worn for their vanity reason. And he went, oh, shut up, because he's a bit like Ari Durbridge. And and I thought, you do get people who wear glasses just because they, they like their face furniture, as Dame Edna used to say. It's face furniture. And it's because I, I love wearing glasses, but I need to wear glasses. <clears throat> I did something the other day, and all of a sudden I hunted around my glasses, and I suddenly realised I couldn't. And I held this bit of paper in front of me, and I'm looking at it thinking, I can't see this at all. This is just... It's such small writing on things now. <clears throat> One of my bosses upstairs has got a very, very small computer. And the writing is so tiny, I couldn't read any of it at all. I can't read anything like that. I've got to have everything sort of blown up in a strange kind of way. 84850, steve at plus the bad news. If you're selling your house and you've got children, you know that the messy bedroom is the thing that can knock value off your house. They say a messy child's bedroom could knock up to £8,000 off your home. That's before the estate agents have even started on it. So uh, the one thing you have to do is tidy up the kid's bedroom. And how many times did you used to say to the kids, tidy your bedroom, I'm up in a minute. You go up there and the place just looked like the Somme. There was just toys everywhere. It happens, uh, it happens with, my, with my godchildren because my youngest likes getting all her stuff out. I don't know why. There's something about it. She doesn't want to go and play in her bedroom. She does play in her bedroom as well, but she now plays downstairs and they've got toys all over the place. It's like, it's like Toy Central, ladies and gentlemen. 84850, just, just in case you wanted some good news this morning, five a day, forget it. You don't have to eat healthily. There's some fussy eaters here who live on pizza and Monster Munch crisps, but they are perfectly healthy. Well, I could live on pizza, probably. I thought it was healthy for me, but it's not, you know. What do they say? Happiness on the lips, lifetime on the hips, or something like that. And these balmy statements have come from somebody. A moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. I wonder if the news will be nice at six o'clock. We shall find out in a moment from, uh, from Dan, because it approaches in a matter of seconds. On it with Steve Allen. Morning, Thursday morning in London town. It's five past six. I couldn't help but smile at the sun. Says Paul, 
Nobody should kid themselves that we'd not seen the news of the world close down because of the phone hacking, that they wouldn't have gone for this story big style. This is Harry, of course. Press Complaints Commission, he says, now basically useless, as they've got no jurisdiction over the contents of the internet and the foreign newspapers. They'll make sympathetic noises to the royal family, but that's just about it. The story will be tomorrow's chip paper, like Margaret and Andy before him is just turning into the embarrassment for the family, and it's the Queen who everybody feels for. I think it'd be more interesting to see what the Sun, Mirror and Co would do if they got something really juicy, like, God forbid, a tape of Tom Daly and Girlfriend. Would they publish? Of course they would. Of course they would. For some reason, the royal family, you know, they, they, they make fools of themselves, and Prince Harry has made more than a fool of himself on more than one occasion, and it's the front page of every single newspaper. The pictures are all over the internet, of which the Press Complaints Commission can do nothing about. But you're right, if it was a picture of Tom Daly in flagrante, they would print it. <clears throat> and yet, Prince Harry and the, the Royal Family go, well, we can't have that. No, definitely not, you know. Even though they've admitted it is him and admitted he's made a fool of himself. We remember, of course, when Prince Harry got so drunk and lashed out at a photographer. And then he, he admitted about doing drugs years and years ago, so they sent him off to see other people. They've actually tried with him. He's a bit of a wayward child. And quite clearly, I mean, when he, when he bragged about smoking cannabis, all right, so that was no big deal. Nobody really worries about things like that. But, you know, when you take your kit off in a hotel room in Vegas and somebody tries to sell the pictures, that's when, really, it's, it's gone a bit too far. And it's a case of he's got to come. I mean, he'll have to come back to this country and everybody will be going, oh, dear, what another embarrassment. I mean, he won't care because the royal family do what they want. They don't, they don't have to apologise to anybody. What they do do is issue threats to people saying you must not, you know, break the embargo, you must not do these pictures. I said yesterday, I thought they would have run them. I seriously thought the sun would go, no, go, why not? Why not? But as, as, as you point out, Paul, if... They had pictures of, of Tom Daly start naked. Would they print them? Of course they would. Of course they would. They quite clearly don't think of Tom Daly. Well, I think it's far more royal than, uh, than Prince Harry. However, but he says, JK Naked, very old news up here in Manchester, he said, when he had his breakfast show up here, he said he was pictured on the back of all the buses start naked. Good Lord above. I felt quite weak, actually. And can you say hello to Jackie, who, whilst working in the fields yesterday morning, got a nasty shock off one of her electric fences. That, rem that reminded me a story of years ago when I lived in the countryside. We had electric fences, and I remember inadvertently touching one once and getting a mild shock off it. And I won't, I won't go anywhere near an electric fence now because I'm not sure whether they're on or not, and whether or not it... I, I just don't want to shock myself. And I did have a pen once, which I bought... And, and you'd lend to someone, they'd say, oh, can you borrow a pen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd give them this pen. When they pushed the top down, they got a shock through it because it had a, an electric unit in there. And people used to freak out. And I remember thinking, this is quite dangerous, actually. So I, I don't really want to, uh, to do this ever again. Has anyone ever asked the likes of Sally Morgan, says Johnny, if she ever gets a headache due to all the voices she hears in her head? I can't stand her, and all the others who should be prosecuted as their muggers, but dressed up as caring individuals. The sadness of those who fall for this is worse when they defend the, uh, the, the scammers. I mean, these people claim that they have supposed powers. But yeah, but obviously not. I mean, I, I agree with you. I had to edit some of Johnny's there, just in case it was slightly defamatory. But it's, I don't believe it. They can't prove that they've got any powers, and you can't prove they haven't. It's the old Uri Geller argument, or Uri Geller. He can't prove that he bends metal with the power of his mind, and you can't prove that, that he doesn't. It's, and, and that's why he's managed to get away with it for years. Whereas my argument has always been, especially on the people with the uh, contacting the other side and they can see into the future, 
then give us the lottery numbers. Just as I said, just one will be enough. One lottery number. They won't better do it. They won't better do it. And Yuri Geller, I tell you what, I'll put that fork down on the table now with the power of your mind, matey. You make it bend. It won't move for toffee. Okay, won't move for toffee. I could make it do it. He would never make it do it. Uh, psychic is another term for con artists, Steve. They prey on vulnerable people and tell them what they want to hear. Yes, they do. Because if they had any real talent, they'd do it for free. But they do it, they do it and they charge for it. And people do go to them. People want to relate. You see people who will, who will go regularly. The, this is highlighted by the poor woman in the paper today who racked up debts of £20,000 because she was going on the premium rate phone lines, talking to the psychics. We're keeping her online for a long, long time. So she racked up all these debts and, of course, she can't, can't pay it back. Uh, uh, people here says, uh, you know, a lot of people name various psychics. We, we've exposed them over the years, either on the radio or the newspapers have exposed them or the television has exposed them. And, uh, but they do prey on people's vulnerability. If they really had a genuine gift, then they would give it to somebody for free. By the way, going back briefly to the the fussy eaters who live on pizza and Monster Munch crisps. I just thought they, they were people who just wanted to eat crisps and, and uh, pizzas and Monster Munch. It turns out not so. They're allergic to any other food. One woman said here, I cried when they wanted me to try a chicken nugget. And another woman, woman said, even the sight of a peeled banana makes her feel sick. So it's all these people who've got food allergies. They cannot eat modern day food. She said here uh, that people see, tr try something different. Have a chicken nugget. She went, and I just cried. I cried. But now this woman has got selective eating disorder. It's a recognised condition. You might have it as well, where you, you just eat the one food. And if somebody says, can you try the... Oh, no, 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 don't. Don't even show it to me. Don't want to eat anything like that. And so the, 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 these poor people in here are now stuck with only eating the pizza or the food that they've grown up with. They don't... They don't want anything else. Well, they do want something else. It's just that they can't get their head around the fact that they're not going to be able to. Bellboy. Bellboy, thank you. Not, yes, pageboy. Bellboy. You're right. The bellboy stood there by the hotel reception and would then call the lift for you. Bellboy. Thank you very much indeed. I need somebody to help me out on that one. Bad news if you've got a mortgage with Santander. They've just put the rates up, I'm afraid. It's going to affect uh, hundreds of thousands of customers. They've increased the rate from 4.24% to 4.74%, which is going to add, I should imagine, about £500 to a mortgage bill. I mean, even if the base rate stays at the current level, Santander could now raise its SVR to up to 5.49%, which will add hundreds more pounds to homeowners' bills. That's one reason I don't want to go with Santander. Thank you very much indeed. And I think I've managed to get away with that one. I think, I think I don't need to worry about it. Hope you're well. The salmon and sprouts are very nice, says Noreen. They were. I went in to buy salmon and that's how they managed to... I suddenly realised Marks and Spencers, they do three for six pounds, three for ten pounds. And the salmon was three for ten pounds. But I didn't want three. I wanted two. So I bought two and Glenys on the till said, she said, listen, it's nine pounds something for these two. Another pound, and you, it's ten pound, and then you get another two pieces of this Lochmuir salmon. So in the end, I, I went for it. 
And that's how they actually get you. I seem to be spending an awful lot of money on food at the moment, and I wouldn't mind not eating that much. I did actually tweet about the fact I was having salmon and sprouts, and I wish I'd done domestic science at school. Uh, what happened to me last night, says Noreen. Oh, my goodness. We were meeting my brother and sister-in-law for dinner in Luton at six. Said to sister-in-law, if brother may be early, can she text me, as it takes an hour to get there at that time of the day. As we got in the, tar- in the car, text arrives. I put everything down to read the text. All OK. Off we go. As we approach the restaurant... I gathered my bits together. Can't find a bunch of keys. Panic. Oh, no. I put them on the roof of the car to answer the text. Oh, dear. Car, house, front door, back door, friend's house keys. Get out of the car. Look on the roof of the car to see if they're still there. They were. She said, we'd driven along a main road and the keys were still there. Wow. Now, that is lucky because I watched somebody ages ago and he had... um, he had his mobile phone on the top of the car. He went round the Richmond roundabout and the phone went and shot straight off the car and the car behind him ran over it, which was a bit of a disappointment. Uh, Nori says, I hear Jasmine is out of the Big Brother house, famous for going out with Simon Cowell. Well, that's what she says. And apparently she had SC. She's, she's, she's somewhat flawed, I'm afraid, you know, in everything. In her personal life, she's done drugs. At one point, she was doing drugs in a very famous London hotel. She said, and we ended up talking to our own reflections. She's a, she's a pathetic little show-off, I'm afraid. And uh, let's, uh, let's hope we see the back of her very quickly. LBC 90... 18 minutes past six. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. The Queen has raced up the power list in the world, having starred in her own Diamond Jubilee and taken a turn as a Bond girl in the space of a few months. The Queen's profile has perhaps never been higher. Yesterday, she entranched her position on the international stage. She was the 26th most powerful woman in the world. At 86, she's the oldest in Forbes magazine's list of 100. Right at the top, well, if I, the, the, the top 10. It would be interesting to see how many you've heard of. Probably hardly any of them, I'm afraid. Sheryl Sandberg, who's the COO of Facebook. Uh, then Janet Napalotino, the US Secretary of Homeland Security. Uh, Christian Lagarde, the Managing Director of IMF. Michelle Obama is at number seven. These are the most powerful women in the world. Uh, Sonia Gandhi, the President of the Indian National Congress. Jill Abramson who's a New York Times executive editor, Melinda Gates, co-chair of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Dilma Rousseff, the Brazilian president, Hillary Clinton, crikey, Hillary Clinton, the US Secretary of State, is at number two, but she'll be delighted. Number one, it's Angela Merkel, the German chancellor. Amazing, is it? The most powerful person in the world, the most powerful woman in the world. There's also good news for those of you who like eating cake, and yet don't like the side effects, which are the putting on of weight. They've got a powder created from a cake ingredient, which could be, it could be, the new weapon you're looking for in the fight against flab. Scientists have hoped that this substance will be approved for use in Britain by the end of the year, and it's tweaked the food additive methyl cellulose, which has been used as an emulsifier in cakes, snacks and ready meals since the 50s. In the new powder's first clinical trial, it led to people eating 13% fewer calories in their next meal. Do you know, honestly, I hope these things come in soon. I'd hate to think we get to the end of our life and all of a sudden they say, do you know, we've just found a cure for obesity. And you go, what, now? Good Lord, come up with it a bit quicker, I'm afraid, please. It's terrible. We don't want to have to wait for that. Oh, the drowning. I knew I was going to do a follow-up of this story. A couple of days ago, the news came through that they have changed the death certificate of Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood, you remember, drowned on a boat some years ago. 
her, 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 her death was amended. It used to say accidental drowning. She was on the boat, you'll remember, with Christopher Wagner and... Uh, sorry, Ro- Robert Wagner and their friend Christopher Walken. She then apparently gets off the boat for some reason... Nobody's too sure. There are lots of rumours. And she gets off the boat. Anyway, the next thing is, she's found floating in the sea. So they put down accidental drowning. They've now said, they've now said that it's drowning and other undetermined factors. Apparently it reflects the change of verdict by the Los Angeles County coroner in July, after it was found that some of the bruising on Miss Wood's body was inconsistent with drowning. Now, people have always said, oh, they don't know what happened on that particular night. She just got off the boat, got into this other little boat, or she started swimming away. Whatever happened, she ended up dying, and it was always a bit of a mystery. She was only 43 when she died off the waters of Catalina Island near Southern California. And it is, I suppose, one of the most enduring mysteries in Hollywood. There were conflicting verdicts of what happened on the yacht she'd been sharing, and the investigation was reopened last November after witnesses claimed they heard her screaming that night. This is all these years later. Somebody comes forward and then says, we heard her screaming that night. So they've reopened it again. But how they're going to manage it, I don't know. So all they've done is just changed the death certificate to say that uh, it's other, other things, other factors have been brought into the equation. But they don't know what, apart from just, just a little bit of bruising, I'm afraid. Now, whether or not that is going to solve anything, I don't know. That one time, I think they said they were going to interview Robert Wagner, and then that that fell through, and he said, well, I can't remember anything that happened that night. It was just one of those freak accidents. Uh, LBC 97.3, Nick Ferrari after the news at 7 this morning, but coming up just after the news at 6.30, Susan Bookbinder. They're going to be talking to the GCSE, sorry, not talking to the GCSE, well, they might do, actually, might get a good conversation out of them, talking about the GCSE results, and uh, then they're looking at the elderly... Councils could improve elderly care by cutting £300 million from the cost of assessment and reviews. There's also alarming questions raised over the Fire Brigade Blue Light Fleet privatisation takeover by Andrew Dismore. Uh, the Paralympics, the Metropolitan Police are reminding the public to be careful when buying tickets for the Games. I don't know why. I'm assuming there's a lot of fake tickets out there. And, of course, they'll be talking about Tony Nicholson, who died at home in Wiltshire after refusing all food and treatment. He is now at peace. And they'll be talking about Azel Nadir with the former Guardian crime correspondent Duncan Campbell. Plus the, the volunteering. Loads of people inspired after the Olympics to, uh, to be volunteers. 40% of the 18 to 25-year-olds have now been inspired by the 2012 Olympics to consider volunteering. And they'll be celebrating 25 years of the DLR, the Docklands Light Railway. All of that and more coming up this morning after the news at 6.30 with Susan Bookbinder. Tim, uh, Tim Luckhurst is head of the Centre of... Journalism at the University of Kent and a former BBC executive. He'll be looking at the papers with Nick Ferrari this morning. Uh, Nick will be asking, should we change the law surrounding assisted dying? Should we clap the young prince in irons for his frolics or accept that he's a 20-something young man having a bit of fun? I don't think anybody minds about the bit of fun. I think you'll find that Ingrid Seward will be saying that he should be a lot more careful. The people around him should be advising him better, saying, listen, do not go into hotel rooms and start playing strip billiards and they're taking all your clothes off knowing that people have got phones it's if you go to an okay wedding they take your phone away because they know you're going to try and take photographs and they should do exactly the same so that what he does that's private remains private 
because otherwise we're going to be seeing more pictures. on the front of every single paper this morning. Harry with his floppy hat on. Looks a bit like Paddington Bear in a sort of <laughs> strange kind of way, I suppose. Strange kind of way. And uh, the only way is the old Bill, isn't it? Mario Falcone. He's mentioned in Clemmy Moody's column today. He's been cautioned by police for assaulting an 11-year-old boy. That's right, an 11-year-old boy. Trouble erupted after Mario's fiancée, Lucy Mecklenburg, became the target of some lewd comments from a lad and a group of his mates who were hanging about outside the couple's house. Following the incident, the reality star was arrested and confessed to the crime. They were making references to her ex, Mark Wright. In the heat of the moment, Mario stormed over and grabbed one of them by the collar. A very stupid thing to do, let me tell you. That's an assault. Anyway, this boy was 11 but looked older, went home and told his mum. She called the police. He was arrested the following day. Do try and stay out of trouble, Mario. I mean, we know you're a bit boring in the programme, but uh, you you just can't assault an 11-year-old, I'm afraid. So, uh, you know, you have been told. Don't do it again. Unfortunately, people can say things like that about Lucy. They can say anything they like about you, and you can't do anything about it. You're kind of stuck with it, so you just have to just have to get on with it. But uh, don't rise to the occasion. Mind you, Tom Kilby started being a little bit little bit nasty on the programme as well. Linda says, uh, Barmy is from Barming, near Maidstone in Kent, where there used to be a mental hospital. Well, it's the first time I've ever heard that one. I've never heard that in my entire life. Is that so? Good grief. Well, there you go. You learn something new every day. Uh, I think with Prince Harry, Steve, says Mark, another aspect, he needs to be more careful about how his lavish lifestyle is perceived. Top Las Vegas Hotel. Yes, it was a £5,000... Well, he's only he just inherited a lot of money, didn't he, from his mother's will. So I'm, I'm assuming he can afford something like £5,000 a night. And I'm assuming that the hotel might have actually comped him and done some deal because it's uh, Steve Wynn, and Steve Wynn's a big supporter of the royal family. Wouldn't have made any difference to him at all. They, they, would, they would relish publicity like that, staying at the Wynn. It's a lovely hotel, and so to actually have... Prince Harry there, would be, uh, would be an absolute bonus. Uh, Steve, says Stuart the cabbie, my dad picked up Justin Toper in his cab and asked him to pick his lottery numbers for the Saturday night. Four of the numbers came up, not bad for a psychic, but like you say, why can't they pick all the numbers? Uh, well, I don't know. Paul says, agree with you that people shouldn't have plastic surgery to look younger. I know, I worry about people having, you know, facially altering themselves. I don't think that's a good idea. It says, Jackie Stallone. I don't know what she originally looked like. Well, I don't think she knows what she originally looked like. Uh, Nicholas says, the royals are always being caught naked. A rather chubby Prince Andrew was photographed some years ago. Uh, thus starting his nickname, the Duke of Pork. Right. Ah. 84850, uh, Should <laughs> I flew with Ryanair... Uh, to Spain last year, Steve, and they tried to charge me uh, £85 for an overweight case. So I removed some items at the check-in and split with my family. When complete, they made me rejoin at the back of the queue to check in again. Yes. I mean, it is, it is a bit difficult. It is a bit difficult with Ryanair, but they're very, very keen on their, on their policy of luggage. You have to check very, very carefully. You have to check very, very carefully, because when you actually get there... It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that you might find you fall foul of it and you have to pay and they make you pay and some people say they don't want to pay and they just leave stuff there all the time. Uh, finally, front pages of the papers. Oh, guess what? Prince Harry. Prince Harry, Prince Harry, Prince Harry. He's all over the papers. Uh, no actual pictures, but they're all over the internet, even though Buckingham Palace 
try to get an injunction out. They can't on this one. I think it was St James's Palace, actually. So you've got the royal sensation Harry Naked Romp on the Daily Mirror. What if he's got a scrapbook at home that he sort of cuts his little cuttings out and pops them in there? Uh, the Daily Mail, the Palace Fury at Harry Naked Photos. I don't know why that they would be annoyed, actually. Are they annoyed with us? Or are they annoyed with him for having them done in the first place? They say he is, he's arrived home to a firestorm. I thought he was still in Los Angeles. Uh, the son of uh, dummied up Prince Harry and somebody standing behind him. Harry Botter is on the Metro, the Express. Harry's naked frolic with Mystery Girl. And uh, goodbye, world. The time has come. The sudden death of the man who's refused the right to die. Picture of Harry looking pensive on the front of the Daily Telegraph, obviously doing one of his sort of poses where he's, he's quite concerned about what Her Majesty the Queen must be thinking. Probably the same as the rest of the country. Put it away. It's not big and it's not clever. We'll take a short break. Coming up after the news at 7, Nick Ferrari, next on LBC 97.3. The morning news with Susan Bookbinder. LBC. 